All right, Ryan. We're just, we're just getting ready to go live. Okay. Welcome to Beer Money Pulling Team. Sit down, shut up, and hang on. Welcome everybody, Monday, January 9th, and I'm going to be the first one to admit I am starstruck tonight, and the fact that we have Alan Washburn on our show uh, has me beyond excited. So, Brett Yarn up there in the top right corner, Charles Posh up in the top left, 
Cody Vanderholm, bottom left. Ryan Roosink, right below me. And Alan Washburn. Alan, oh, pretend we're at Toma and just give us your opening thing at Toma's because I want to hear the, I want to feel the goosebumps again. You want me to do this, and I, you and I did this the other day on the tele, on the telephone, <laughs> but I'll, I'll get, I'll do it for you just to keep you happy here. Thank you. Please do. <laughs> Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Toma, the Super Bowl in Dairyland. Doesn't get any better than it does tonight. Oh, Alan, I love you so much. Thank you so much for doing that. So. You have the scrawl across the bottom of the screen there, Jason, that tell, says legendary. And I always thought that legendary people were dead. Um, Charles, how no. do I? I disagree, no. but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you when I interviewed Ken Venny a few years ago what he said, because I said the same thing. You're a legend in the sport. And his only answer to me wasn't a word. He just said, <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like Ken Vaney. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh. I can I can hear him saying that. But I've always felt that people that are legend, Ken Mack was legendary. Uh, it's some of the, the people that I've had the opportunity to work with and hopefully learned from as we've gone along, those are the legends that make this sport what it is. They're the ones that remember everything. They're the ones that understand what's going on on the track. And to make sure that we all are on the same page here, we all have to be, and Charles, you understand this, we yep. have to be ready for anything that happens on the track at any given time. Mm -hmm. No, so true. So, okay, I don't want to, I don't think you're dead or old or anything like that, Alan. I, well, I can change the bottom. Just what, what <laughs> word would you like me to say? Uh, well, I, let's, let's put it this way. I do what I enjoy doing, and thank you, for making me feel good. I appreciate that, but you don't have to change it. Oh, no, no, I'm changing it. I got Alan Washburn on our show. My <laughs> is Alan Ashburn, Alan Washburn. He does what he wants. Voice of the <laughs> Okay, so he well, does, you can do it that way. He does what makes him happy, right? Well, all right. And I've been doing this a long time, Jason. I know. That's where we're going to get into all that good stuff. Uh-oh, that's kind of scary. Um. Okay, before we get deep into the questions, guys, we have Alan Washburn. Obviously, an announcer that we all have heard many times and fall, fallen in love with. I got to meet him at the NTPA banquet, and I was up on the stage before anybody was in there, kind of taking pictures for the Facebook page. He goes, "What are you doing up here?" And then we start talking, and he started talking. I didn't know you were Alan until you started talking. No offense. And I was like, "Holy cow, you're Alan Washburn!" And then, because Charles talks about you all the time, and I hear your voice at Toma. Uh, I live an hour from Toma, Alan. So. And I never am ever early for anything. So like if the first class starts at seven, I come rolling in about 7.05. And just to hear your voice as you're welcoming the fans in those first classes and talking about the sponsors, it's just, ah, it just, it makes me so happy that you're here. Well, thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. So what we do throughout the show, Alan, a lot is we're going to throw, um, we're going to throw some comments up on the screen. We'll ask you questions and stuff like that. Colin Burkholz, you know, the Burkholz is the light pro stock. Yes, I do. Well in Toma. He says, Alan and Kenny Mack, were the voices of my childhood growing up. Alan, when you hear things like that, what? how does that make you feel? I, I have to say I was proud to be one of Kenny Mack's um, students. And I was a student of Kenny Mack for a number of years. The uh, When I started at Toma, and it's been almost 30 years ago now, or maybe more, there were three or four years that Kenny Mack and I I couldn't tell whether he liked what I was doing or didn't. It was just kind of a very cool reception I got from the man. And one afternoon, as we wrapped up an afternoon session, I walked down and started down the steps from the tower. Kenny was standing at the bottom of the steps. And he stood there, and I thought, uh-oh, 
I'm about to be dressed down by one of the best. And he's looked at me and he shook a, stuck his hand out and he said, thank you. This has been fun. And at that point in time, I'd paid my dues with Kenny Mack. And he and I had a ball ever since after that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's he, awesome. A great man. A great man. Well, that's a nice segue, Alan, into, I guess, tell us about your family a little bit. And then I want to get into how it all started. So I know you're in Sarasota, Florida right now. Right. I'm, en- I'm enjoying a little, a little uh, warmth at 64, 65 degrees down here. Clear sky, beautiful moon in the sky tonight. Um, and we've been here since early December. Okay. Uh, my wife uh, has a has a unit down here in one of the uh, mobile home parks down here that has been so far and hopefully continues <laughs> to be spared uh, all the hurricanes and the winds and everything that come through. Uh, so we'll be here through through the end of March, probably uh, maybe early April. I'll be headed back to Northwest Indiana. Okay. Great. Great. Um, I guess Charles, how do we? I want to know how we got started. Ask, ask it in Charles yeah. in your announcer voice. How did Alan get started? You take over, Charles, <laughs> from announcer to announcer. What was the spark that got you to get in front of people and actually use that uh, golden voice of yours? I have to go way back, and I go clear back into high school for this. And actually, I did not start behind uh, a microphone for tractor pulling. Uh, a man stopped me on the downtown uh, street of my hometown of Kentland and said, I need an announcer for tonight. And I said, doing what? He said, we've got a demolition derby to do tonight. And I said, yeah, okay. I don't know anything about a derby. He said, you're a talker. That's what I need. Okay. So I went out, did the demolition derby, and I got ready to start that night. And I was still apprehensive about what I was doing. I'd never been there before. I said, what am I talking about? He said, you talk about what's happening in front of you. Okay. That's, I'm a kid, sophomore in high school. That, that, that soaks in. I can understand that. And then I thought about that, and I thought, but what if there's nothing going on? Charles, you'll understand this reference. Ooh, but he yeah. looked at me and said, talk about it. And that's the best advice I've ever gotten from anyone, was talk about what's going on in front of you, even if there's nothing going on. There's always somebody to talk about, whether it's the queen pageant people that are there, you have officials on the track, you have the fair board, you have the rest of the schedule for the fair week. All those things play into the back of your mind of what you need to do uh, when somebody says you need to be talking. You don't need to be sitting there. You need to be talking. Mm -hmm. You've been there. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that I agree with that, and I think you know, just an, another mistake I see see too many people make. They do this. It's a, get right. that paper out of your face, and yeah, you're exactly right. Look out there. You've got the fifty fifty girls are on the far side of the track over there, and you can you can have a little fun with them, get their attention, and keep everybody informed about what's going on. That's yeah. what's important. Yep, hundred percent. So you were a sophomore in high school, and you did a demo derby. When yep. did? Uh, how did this evolve into truck and tractor pulling? Oh, well, I, I used to sit in the top row of the grandstand at the county fair and kept thinking to myself, you know, someday I could do that. I, I probably could do that. And I listened to the man and I thought, yeah, I understand what he's doing. I understand all the phrasing he's doing. I can do that. Well, I had the opportunity. Oh, it would have been uh, late in 89 or 90. Um I was at the Indiana State Fair and met the new motorsport director. And uh, I was having a conversation with him. I said, if you need anything, give me a call. 
And he said, all right, I'll keep that in the back of my mind. I figured that was all over and I wouldn't have to hear from him again. And about 2.30 that afternoon, he called me and he said, were you serious? And I said, yes, what's up? He said, my motorsport announcer had to head home. His father just passed away and he's got a show to do tonight. I said, all right, I'll be there. So I went and did the show. And two days later, the door to my little office, which is about twice the size of a good sized broom closet, this man blustered in and closed the door. He said, I want to talk to the guy that did my tractor pull the other night. And I said, that'd be me. Why? He said, anybody that can do that at the drop of a hat and do it well, I need to meet. He said, the name's Larry Richwine. Good to meet you. <laughs> and that I can hear it. that happening. <laughs> yes, exactly. And he and I, fast friends, uh, friends to this day. Uh, so it's his fault that I got really gotten started in the, in the, in the, uh, the truck and tractor pulling. What pull was that in uh, Indiana that you did? That would have uh, that pull would have been one of the, uh, and I want to say it was probably like a Wabash Valley uh, tractor pull that they used. We used to pull a lot of, uh, of vehicles on the fairgrounds. They had a, an area on the northeast corner of the fairgrounds that they used. They called it the sports strip. We had demo derbies. We had. Uh, tractor pulls. We had garden tractor pulls. We had pedal tractor pulls over there. We had a lot of fun over there. They finally decided it was going to make more money as a kid park, so they took all the took all the dirt and the bleachers out, and they uh, they made it a fun park for the kids. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Charles, I'm digging for some pictures if you don't mind. <laughs> yes, go for it. Um. Yeah, uh, Lisa Joe Stock says uh, you're 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 a legend and have a place in their hearts for sure. Uh, you got ordained in Ohio to marry those two lovebirds. You, you are exactly right, Charles. Oh, you are on top of things. Uh, that was a, an interesting scenario for me. Uh, as I was coming home from convention one year uh, over there, I got a call from Lisa and she said, "We have a, a question for you." I had had them on the track at Toma when he proposed to Lisa. And I was I was his voice for the crowd and watching their reaction, et cetera. Well, this went on for a year. And as they were coming home from convention, headed back to uh, to Michigan, uh, Lisa called me and she said, I have a very strange request. And she said, would you marry the two of us next winter? And I said, oh, whatever I need to do, absolutely. I'll be glad to do that. So I jumped through the hoops and, and uh, became ordained in the state of Ohio and uh, and still carry that license in my pocket and very proud of the fact that I put the two of them together, not only from the, the proposal standpoint, but as the marriage ceremony as well. We had a great time that night. Good deal. That's cool. Here's an interesting question from Jeremy. Uh, Do you ever get the chance to work with Ed Johnson at all? I knew Ed Johnson. I knew who he was, but no, I never had the opportunity to work with him. Uh, another great voice. Another great voice. Mm -hmm. When did he retire? Oh, now you're going to tax me. Where's Kenny Mack when I need the numbers? Yeah. Well, you don't know uh, the exact. I was just curious. I don't remember exactly when he did retire. He, it hadn't been uh, that long ago, but it's probably longer than we think. Gotcha. What is a what's a typical summer look like for you now? That, I mean, do you, do you do this full time at this point or? The, the summer gets pretty full pretty quickly, and uh, we're starting to stack those in. Uh, I'll have uh, I'll have Toma. I have not heard from Toma yet. 
Uh, I have not heard from Chapel Hill, although this will be my my uh, second opportunity down there. Um, I think that uh, I didn't have the chance to work with Chris Gilbert, but I knew him very, very well. And he and I could could swap stories for, for hours about uh, what crowd did this and what crowd did that and what type of reactions you can get. The man was the way you talk about a legend. Now there's a legend. And that would be Chris Gilbert uh, made the, the Super Bowl of the South what it was and is. Uh, I, I do a very poor job of imitating him, and I won't even try tonight, but we have a great time down there. We really do. Jeremy says mid-90s is when uh, okay. he would have stopped. Yeah, that's that's probably about right. I don't like, – Like I said, I knew who he was, but I didn't ever have the opportunity to meet him. Yeah, I didn't either. I'm, I'm just a little bit too young. I, you know, I, I read about him in the magazines and, and right. what have you back in those days, but uh, never, you know, I wasn't old enough to travel on my own to go go see a, a, a guy of his caliber at that time. So, yeah, I, I missed out, but I did definitely didn't know about him. I had the opportunity thinking about the, the mid-90s, which would have put me in in my, my very, very early days of, of the Super Bowl that we did inside the Coliseum at the State Fairgrounds. I was there, I think it was either the first or second year I was there. <laughs> they said, now you need to be very quiet uh, when, when that man over there in the corner is talking. He's, he's doing live television. And I'm going, so who is he and why is he so important? And they said, well, you don't know who that is? I said, no, I'm here with the crowd that's in the, in the, audit, in the, you know, in the Coliseum here tonight. Who's he? Oh, they said, that's, that's, that's Army Armstrong. You need, to, you, need to, you need to let him do what he does. Well, it was about three hours later. It was a, maybe a lunch break or something we took, and I ran across him, and he said, are you the announcer that's over there? Said, yeah, that, that would be me. He said, don't worry about shutting up. Let me do. Let me talk over you. You're fine. You've got a crowd. That was another one of the legends, uh, and I had the opportunity to visit with him uh, several times. Army was a great guy, great guy. Yep, he's definitely. I miss his voice quite a bit. Oh, so do I. He could he could sell you anything. I really think he could. <laughs> the classic job interview. Sell me this pen. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> the way you would approach it. Yep. Mike Steffen says, "Always loved Alan's tribute to our veterans before a show." Hundred percent agree with that. Well, mm -hmm. thank you. I appreciate that. That's something that that I felt needed to be done. Uh, because there were so many uh, of our veterans that do not get the recognition and at least the, the nod in thank you of what they yeah. have done. I put that together. Some of it's uh, stolen. Some of it's uh, put together from, my, from the back of my mind. Uh, it all seems to flow and people seem to appreciate it. And I, I appreciate the opportunity to do it. Uh, a man in uh, Washington, Ohio, came up to me after I had done that and we had started the show and he shook my hand. He was a veteran. He had all the stripes and don't ask me to tell you what rank he was. Uh, he had all the stripes and he said, don't you ever quit saying that it needs to be done often and every show. And I have tried to do it every single show that I open. Yep. I've yep, heard that's... you doing it before uh, a few times and you could hear a pin drop in the place while you're doing it. It's, it's, yes. it's, yeah. it's not good. Yeah, I was gonna say too at, at Toma when you do that with the the motorcycle parade comes out, uh, it's that's just goosebumps. I, I I start I start through all the 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 script that I have, and there comes a time when I just lay the script down and and go go 
by what I what I'm seeing happening, what I'm beginning to feel at that particular point in time, which is why the tenor of it probably changes while you're there. But that's one of those things that you start to anticipate that that this this huge American flag or this huge presentation of the red, white, and blue needs to be recognized, and you do so and let the people know it. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree. Yeah, Mick is actually going back to something that you had talked about earlier, and you know whether we whether we realize it or not, doing this kind of thing, you know, you become a part of the memory that gets made. Um, it's not about us and what we're doing um, at a show, but we are we're the narrative for it. We become a part of that fabric forever. Exactly, for exactly right. And it, it's that point a point in time where we can bring the show together. There may be a little lack of, of, of uh, timing from, from a, a staging standpoint. It's our job to make it sound smooth and that there's no problem. Mm-hmm. And that was something else that uh, Adam Wilson had set up above. He said, you are the best when something goes sideways at keeping everybody calmed down and informed what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that because it's, I have been a firm believer that the wrong words spoken in the wrong tone of voice in the wrong frame of mind will get somebody hurt. Mm-hmm. And I, I do mm-hmm. not want to be known do, to doing that. Uh, they, they're, Colin's asking their uh, biggest pulling moment you're announcing it sticks in your memory. And it was, uh, it was Toma two or three years ago. And it was like 1.30 in the morning. And, and well, I know stacked, where this is going. Yeah, we stacked one up. And it was it was one of those issues. There weren't many people there, but it still didn't make any difference. We needed to let those people that were there know that the people that were on the track are the people that need to be there. There's no reason for everybody to dash out of the stands and go do it. We'll take care of this. And it was almost an hour, I think, before we got that one cleaned up. And it was a, it was a very short night that night, but I felt good about what I had done. It was a cold night too. Oh yes, it was. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> Not no Florida weather, huh? No, 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 no. Well, thank you, William. That was a nice comment that you stuck in there. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to the. I've never. Thing. I've I, Alan. I've never heard you take more command of a situation than I than when I saw somebody's video and I can't remember whose it was uh it was an Ohio hook and there was it was like a green Evan like an Smoot. ADAR yeah Evan Kevin, director. Was, yep. yeah when he That's... when he put that thing over you spoke more forcefully than I've ever heard you speak but it still maintained plenty of respect for the audience and what you were what they were doing but it also said you stay in your seats because these people need to do yes. their thing and you need to let them. Exactly right. And it it's one of those things that I think uh, time has taught all of us well, uh, that there are people on the track that are doing what they're trained to do. Let them do it. There's no mm-hmm. reason for the people to come out of the stands. And you've seen it at some of the other events around the country. It doesn't necessarily have to be our sport. Uh, but other, they get all bent out of shape. They don't need to. There are professionals that are there, and that's what they're mm-hmm. there for. But thank you. I appreciate that. Yep. So I think 
William meant to say ragged old flag. What does Alan think about ragged old flag told by Keith Bradley at Bowling Green? It's a classic tearjerker. I have a copy of that. They've never asked me to do it, but I have that copy that's in the back of my uh, the back of my book, along with several others that uh, that I have as well. If necessary, I can pull that out. But I, I think that uh, there there has to be an occasion for that. And when we're talking about the veterans, that's not necessarily the place it needs to be. Uh, if we were doing a memorial service, absolutely, something like that could come up. But I have a copy, yes. Very good. Uh, what else you got here? Yeah, Evan Smootlight Pro. That Bruce, you touched on that already, right? Yep. Okay. Williams Adam, it might have even been. I'll bet it was even your video, Adam. <clears throat> it could have been. Yes. Now that I think about it, it may well have been. I would. Either I, anything's gone sideways. Adam's caught it. So yeah. It was at Fort Recovery. Yeah. 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 Either him or Chuck Russell. One of the two. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And here again, we're back to the photographers being at the right place at the right time and sometimes being almost in the danger zone. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. I think, we've, I think all of us have probably been there at least a time or two. Exactly. Well, there's a tractor that's kind of on the screen that uh, almost got all of us. So, <laughs> yeah. But not all of us. I was, I was well clear of it, but yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it definitely uh, sent parts all over the place. Mm hmm. That's the scary part. That yes, we understand what's happening. I can tell you maybe what happened and what caused the the explosion. But where are those pieces going? And we've taken such major strides in safety over the years to keep that as contained as we possibly can. But each one of us here tonight has seen spark plugs go over the grandstand. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. They look like beautiful little Roman candles going there, but it's scary. (laughs) (laughs) We have Alan Washburn with us tonight and uh, just a a not legendary voice, a voice of the (laughs) NTPA. He says legendary people are no longer with us. And clearly Alan's still with us. Alan, I want to know what, what, um, are you retired now? Like from your real job? Not, not exactly. I'm, I'm trying to slow down. Uh, I'm, I'm still farming uh, actively, uh, okay. but I'm not farming near as much as I did uh, five, ten years ago. So you are, uh, you are a farmer your whole life. Yes, born and raised, absolutely. And what particular town in Indiana? Like, what are some, like, what towns and what pollers are close to you? Well, Jason Bramer is about uh, eight miles away from me. Okay. He's four-time like bodyguard. Yep. Yeah, four-time champion there. Uh, he's over in Illinois. I'm on the other side of the line in Indiana, uh, about four miles away from him. I'm right straight south from Chicago, right down U.S. 41, the second county south, which is Newton County. I'm at the very bottom of that county. Nice. And if you get on, you, if you get on U.S. 41 and you keep right on coming from there, you'll come out, uh, just past the front gate out here at the park where I'm sitting right now. It'd take you a while to get here, but yeah, I was gonna say (laughs) I got to work tomorrow, Alan. I don't know. Oh well, uh, well, uh, plan for the weekend then, Jason. Yeah, I will. Russ Dostal says the Toma the Toma Better Night gives him chills. I have the video on my phone. Amazing. Russ is from Nebraska, so he drove all the way to Toma. It's amazing Um, the distance that people will travel. Uh, spoke to we have the pullers obviously the boys that come out of out of Wyoming and out of that area but the people that will drive specifically to Toma for 
the the thrill of being there uh, at one of the largest hooks in the country. And I will tell you why. It's because uh, the Shriers did an amazing job. I learned how yep. hard Chris and Dave and them, back in the day when the NTPA was everywhere, they would go and they would hand out Toma stickers and calendars exactly. and hats and whatever they could. I mean, from Seattle to the, from the East Coast to the West Coast, I I had the um, I guess the honor, if you will, of spending some time with Chris and interviewing him with the pot for a podcast the week of Toma this year, Alan, and um, to really learn the history of it and make. Because that's kind of the, you know, our, our show is Let's Grow Pulling. And we try to share ideas on what makes what makes an event great. But it's hard to replace 40 years or 45 years of tradition. You know, a lot and of I, Yeah, I would agree with you there on that, Jason. And um, one of the things that I have appreciated in Toma over the years is the warmth that we are received. Uh, I, I made the statement about four or five years uh, after I'd been up there that it didn't seem like to me that you could do anything wrong in that town because they were that welcoming with everybody that was involved with truck and tractor pulling. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, Palmer says you're the best. <laughs> he may be, he may be a little prejudiced there. He a little bit, but that's fine. I mean, we all got opinions, Alan. It's all good. <laughs> Mike Maxwell says the night before that with the fire was the danger zone. Uh, that yes. night before Smoot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what does Alan think of the F-16 flyover at Bowling Green? Also pretty neat tribute at National Anthem. Let me be clear. First of all, I've never been to Bowling Green. What? Ooh. I, I just have never been to Bowling Green. Now, I just back assumed. to the F-16 flyover, I, either, you know, I think it's a great idea. I really do. Did you know that technically that's illegal? Do you oh. have to have specific training uh, circuit to run and make that flyover. Cody, you're our resident drone expert. And is F-16 kind of like your drone? <laughs> yeah, Cody's the only one of the five of us who's registered with the FAA. Oh, good, good. good. That's nice to know. <laughs> Certified. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's I think it's a, a tremendous tribute. Uh, but I've, I've talked to some of the pilots uh, over the course of the years. And really, it has to be into a, a training exercise um wording in their orders when they fly yeah that explains a few things then why we get away with it so much around here i'm in the flight path of selfridge air national guard base we see them all the time and they do flyovers for everything here right they they just happen to be up and running around and oh gosh we were about two miles off sorry about that yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay Alan, living legend how's that does that sound better okay i'll I'll give you i'll give you that i'll give you that one okay so why the Binder Express Super Farm, the Schulte Brothers, you recognize that name? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and thank you, Wyatt. I appreciate that. Um, great drive right up 41, Adam says. <laughs> yeah. Take you forever to get up through the through the, uh, through the the mountains. Oh, Danny, we'll talk about my hauler another day, but it says Kawasaki on the side of it. So I bet he saw <laughs> my old hauler. Don't you think, Bruce? Probably yep. heading to ship. It's usually yep, the way go. it works. Yep. yep. Probably heading to hearts one last time. Yep. Andy Gerbaugh, yeah. our, our man, the myth, the legend. Alan, who do you like to listen to as an announcer, past or present? You can do both, Alan. I can do both? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I've had the opportunity, as we've talked about earlier, to work with some of the great voices around. Uh, some of them still alive. Some of them have passed on. Uh, Doc Riley is a tremendous man to work with. Uh, he and I tell the same story 
it's it seems like we can almost finish each other's sentences. Uh, Kenny Mack that I've I had the opportunity to work with. Larry Richwine is a very good announcer. Uh, I've I've had the opportunity to work with Larry a couple of times. Um, probably when I think about Butch Krieger, the late Butch Krieger, I had an opportunity to work with Butch early, and I'm not sure he understood me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and because he would look at me and just crack up. Now I'm not real sure why that was so tickled to him, but it was one of those things. I enjoyed working with Butch as well. Butch had a tremendous a volume of information that he was willing to impart. Mm-hmm. I like it. So yeah, there's a lot of them out there that uh, that that are very good. Uh, there are those that you say, well. Uh, I could work with you and help you a little bit, but that's not my part. <laughs> what's the funniest thing that you can say about Doc Riley that you can actually say on the air? Like, what's a, a good tame Doc Riley story that will make us all? Oh, that there there are so many to choose from. I know. That's why. I may have I may have to think about this for a bit. Um, we'll table that one. We'll we'll table, table that one. Let me let my mind work on that one for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, Kyle Fisher, Hot Shot Secret, says, as a sponsor, we really appreciate what Alan does. He's a big reason why why these relationships work. So I would think, Charles and Alan, you can touch on that. I mean, we know uh, you can have a great truck and tractor pulled, but if the announcer sucks, it's it's not, I mean, it's not a good show. I mean, you guys are the ones that make it happen. So I'm back to what I said earlier, Jason. Talk about what you have in front of you. Talk about what's going on. If there's nothing going on, you've got a sponsor you can talk about. Yep. He's giving away free product tonight. He's giving away a chance to win something. Those are the things that you can drop in. And really, people don't realize they just heard a commercial. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you, you, if anybody is aspiring to be an announcer someday, and we need the next generation. Oh, absolutely. Yes, we do. Announce. Charles, yes. if anybody ever says to you, have them watch this interview. Well, oh we'll yeah, I, definitely. Uh, there's there's resources out there to help people, and and exactly. uh, I, I'm willing to help anybody who's willing to come along and do this. Because you know, and Alan, you'll say this too. I can't be everywhere, and I get right. I turn down more stuff than I can do. Exactly, exactly. And some of these days, and I hope I'm gracious enough when the time comes, when some young whippersnapper comes up to me and says, "Hey, old man, it's time for you to sit down." <laughs> I hope I am gracious enough to say. Thank you. It's been a good ride. Enjoy. Enjoy your time. It's a great group of people. So in that vein, and then I hope you, you tell uh, all of us who it was, and we'll go knock them around a little bit after the show for being disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. What advice would you have for a new guy coming up? I think probably the the, the biggest thing I could say, and, and Charles, help me out here. Um, I, I think you need to pay attention. Uh, I think you need to listen on what's going on. Listen to uh, one of the things that I listen to a lot from my perspective and my vantage point is I can hear a, a power plant as it starts to spool up and I listen. And then I equate that with how it ran at the other end of the track. Was it a good run? Did he come off the line right? Did it sound well at, at 80 feet, at 200 feet? Where did it start to go south? Those are the things you need to kind of pay attention to and understand what you're hearing. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that hundred percent. You did yeah. Yeah. sound. You can, you can learn as almost as much about a guy's run by closing your eyes and just listening to it as you can, what you see. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Mike's asking a question. How many years have I been announcing? Uh, 
uh, I've been announcing not truck and tractor pulling, but as we started earlier in the show with, with demolition derby, uh, I was a sophomore in high school, so it's been 50 plus years. Wow. That's awesome. And there's a tremendous amount of, a tremendous amount of people that I've crossed paths with that have later on said to me, thank you. That makes you feel good. It really does. So someplace along the line, I did something that they appreciated. That's cool. Did you had the opportunity to uh, set the microphone down and strap on a crash helmet and go take a ride? I have never had the opportunity to sit in the seat. I've always talked about that. Uh, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> I, 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 I tell yes, everybody... Would. I, I tell everybody in the grandstand what's going on as that guy starts to push the throttles, but I've never done it. Uh, I don't we think we anybody, know some people. <laughs> I don't think anybody'd trust me with a vehicle. All right. Well, let me then let me ask the question that I usually ask at the end. I'm going to ask it now. Uh oh. If you could take the keys, so to speak, to anything, past or present, and go pull for a uh, pull with it for a weekend, what would you take? Where would you pull it and why? Now, what you're forcing me to do there is you're forcing me to pick a track that I think is the best. And they're each, they each have their idiosyncrasies. Uh, you're also asking me to pick a vehicle that each one has its own idiosyncrasy. I've always thought that the Semi class was an interesting group to watch run. Uh, there are some stories that I can tell you about some of them. But that would maybe be the one that I would feel the most comfortable in because, one, it's probably built about as bulletproof as anything, and I probably can't tear it up. Perfectly Completely fair, yeah. fair assessment. <laughs> I, yeah. I tried. Now what, now, what vehicle would it be? I, boy, I'll tell you. Um, and, if we, and if we have to table that one and circle back to it, that's fine. Yeah, there, here you go. You're going to get me happens. all kinds of things. It happens all the time. Uh, as far as what track, uh, Toma is one of my favorites because, well, I've been there the longest, although Fort Recovery has a lot of, a lot of history, uh, to me, there's a story that I can tell you about that as well. Uh, but, uh, either one of those tracks with, uh, with, uh, let's say J.R. Collins, uh, Bulldog, uh, that I, like I love watching that one run. I like it. What would you do? What would you do if, um, my, is it miles Fane? Brent, help me there. Yep. Miles. Fain. Yeah, miles. What would you do if miles came up to you with a helmet and a driver's suit and says, you're on buddy. Well, I don't know. Aside from flip out and turn about five shades of white. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Um, that's an interesting question. That's an interesting question. Because we, I mean, I've been asking, I've been asking this question every Monday night almost for probably two or three years now. Okay. At some point, at some point in time, one of the people that we've interviewed is going to get asked that question, and so I'm just kind of <laughs> mentally trying to prepare you for the. Well, you know, thank the possible, you, Ryan. I appreciate that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably hold my microphone and watch this. You know. Well, I, as 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 I have talked with various people over the course of the past years technology is improving to the place that we have enough good wireless equipment that a man could sit in the driver's seat 
and give you a play-by-play going down the track. We've had that it happen. Would be an interesting, an interesting commentary. We had it. It might just, it might the, just be a twelve-second stream. Two years ago. Well, yeah, that's right. One of the outlaws. Yeah, the outlaws did. Yes, I remember that. Now that I bring that up, yeah. What's one place you? What's one show that you've always wanted to call but never had the opportunity, either because of schedule or somebody else had it? I think I've been fortunate enough to be able to work in uh, the ones that that I've been asked to do uh, over the course of the years. Uh, Toma's been been my longest running one uh, in thirty plus years up there. And I pick up ones and twos here and there. And as the, the circuit changes, uh, those change as well. I enjoyed my stint in Southern Illinois on that circuit that we did several years ago. Great people down there. Things fell apart and uh, fairboards changed, etc. Um, you know what? It. I don't know what to. I don't know how to how to present that because when you look at uh, what you're dealing with. Uh, from a quantity of events and a quantity of announcers that are available. Okay. Um, what do you do? You, you're right. We can't be everywhere. <laughs> Charles, We, you and I have tried that. And when you're gone four days a week and five days a week, no, it's no longer fun. Right. And when it's no longer fun, it's time to cut back on those a little bit. I think I've heard Charles say those exact words to me. <laughs> yes. Could be. Could be. I, I spent four or five years doing 60 shows a summer, and that's too much. Yes, it is. Uh, I start usually first uh, weekend in or second weekend in June and go through Labor Day. And that's that's about every weekend someplace. It may be a two- or three-day hook, and I may have one early in the week uh, the following week. But other than that, that pretty well keeps me busy and on the road. Joe Stock said the pullers appreciate when you come around the pits to talk with them before the pulls. Well, I, it, you need to do that because I mean, Bob Joe Stock is one that I, I always go over and say, all right, Bob, what are we working on today? <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa is always the one that says, hmm, it's mine. Don't you know I messed it up? He told me I couldn't do it that way. <laughs> and then she gives you the biggest eye roll in the world. And exactly. Grin, right. Exactly. Yep. exactly. I might have seen that happen a time or two. I talked to uh, the, uh, let me think here. Oh, it was the Bargies in uh, in Arcola this year. I couldn't figure out what was going on. The, the, it didn't look right, the, the way their haulers were parked. And they slid one off the truck. And I'm going, it's not rolling. It's sliding. What's the deal? And then all of a sudden I hear a hammer and a punch and language that cannot be repeated on the air. And I had to go find out what was going on. And <laughs> I got over there and I said, boys, what's the deal? Well, we've got it stuck. And they said, what do you mean stuck? Well, you see, there are three pedals in here on a turbine. Yeah. Left brake, right brake, and oh my God, in the middle. <laughs> and I said, what happened? And he said, well... He said we had a little inexperience, and it was a panic mode, and he stabbed that center brake and froze everything up. And they said, we'll get it broken free, and they hammered on it probably an hour. <laughs> I heard a whoop go up from the pit area over there. They had it moving, and they ran that night. So it was one of those that just welded it just tight enough and knocked it apart. 
Perfect. Oh boy. Um, I'm going to say a puller's name. Alan, yep. you're going to tell me what you, uh, what just whatever comes to your head. Larry Kester. Larry Kester and I became very good friends. I had the opportunity, and it's no secret, I've told the story before. I introduced him, I think it may well have been at Fort Recovery, and he was always on his gator, and he rolled out to the line, and I made some smart aleck remark. Charles, you understand this. I said something to the fact, well, he brought his own wheels to the line, <laughs> and in my ear, I hear radio traffic. Dummy, <laughs> he's got no legs. And I thought, oh, man, I, this is, I, I didn't know the man. And I thought, okay, I, I, need to, I need to address this situation. So as soon as the event was over, I walked out. And he's on the floor, going around, sitting on the ground, grinding tires. And I walked up, and I said, Larry? And he turned around and looked at me, and he goes, heard you. Don't reckon <laughs> it'll happen again, will it? <laughs> and he and I became very, very good friends. Um, that man has done more for the sport of pulling and safety than anybody I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. It's one of those unfortunate ones when you do something like that, you do feel about this tall, but again, going and visiting with the pullers in the, in the, in the pits, it's good because you do develop that sort of relationship to the point where now if you want to do kind of needle somebody, you know who you can and they're going to, they're going to be okay with it. Exactly yeah. right. And know that it's not personal. You're just having right. fun. With yep. Exactly mm -hmm. right. Exactly right. Chuck Fowler, I thought I recognized your voice from the Newton County Fair. Okay. You and Art Downs are two of my favorite announcers. Well, thank you, Chuck. I appreciate that. Yeah. Art Downs is about uh, Hold on. about seven miles from me. Wow. So I, I, I don't see him as often as I used to. Uh, but he's he was he had a sled, if I remember correctly. And that was one of the, I believe I'm correct on this. I think it was one of the old cable sleds, which goes back a ways. So Chuck's saying that Art announced in his semi at the Iroquois County Fair. Okay. There, all right. That wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Art was always ready to try something new. Art's awesome. I that would be a very it. Art thing to do, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. I got to work with him at Gordyville over the years, and okay. Uh, and when I sat between him and Butch Krieger one day, I, I you would have had to come up and slap me upside the face to realize what I was doing. And then, no, I actually, was, we did that twice. Yeah, I was really trying to help. behave. And uh, Butch said, "I was told you're fun and crazy," and I said, "Well, let's get some of that apple pie and let's get after it." <laughs> so we go. did. <laughs> there you go. So we did. So it was a good time. That that you you bring up apple pie. It's a it's a memory of mine from Mount Sterling, Illinois. I had the opportunity to work with Tom Men down there, which would be Bob Men's father. Uh, Bob's a, a flagman was on the board for a couple of years as well. But I had the opportunity to work with Tom, and I got down there the first year, and he said, "Oh, good to see you. Welcome to the welcome to the county fair." He's and he he hollered across the track. He said, "Bill, he said send me one of my lemonades." I was realizing too late that I'd gotten set up. And he brought that lemonade over, and I took a big old drag on it, and it was about two-thirds moonshine. <laughs> it woke me right up. He says, kind of welcomes you to the fair, don't it? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, I love Tom, was, Tom was quite a man. I, I enjoyed the opportunity to work with him as well. Uh, he, here again, that's another one. He worked uh, 
Southern Illinois and West Central Illinois did a lot of shows over there. Uh, was a member of that uh, fair board over there, Brown County Fair, and did a lot of lot of great work over there for him. Alan, does your wife go to a lot of the polls with you ever? She has told she is always invited to go. Okay. Um, she went uh, three or four years to Toma. She was more into the uh, uh, the flea markets and everything else that was going on up there. And she said, you know, I really can get more done at home if you're not there. And I said, okay. <laughs> so she she is always invited to go. I love God, it. that sounds so oddly familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see lots of heads nodding. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Colin Burkholz, did uh can somebody fact check this? Did he did he spell idiosyncrasy correctly? No, he I did don't not. Think no. He did. no, he kind of butchered it. I do have to be nice to Colin though. He just he just used me for his last house purchase. I did his mortgage for him, so <laughs> I can't pick on him too much. So. Well, but I, I like how he says idiosyncrasy, not a word any of you goons would use on the show. So. Well, I, I, I Colin, I think that was the 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 word that I slipped in there, and, and he caught it right quick. Yeah, he says damn phone. <laughs> That's a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here, yeah. Morgan says the best part when I go to Toma, and this is so true, Alan. This is I, uh, little little fan, little fan crazy. When it's Thursday night and you hear him say, "Welcome everybody to the Budweiser Dairyland Supernaturals in Toma, Wisconsin." Say it for exactly us. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Budweiser Dairyland Supernationals here in Toma, Wisconsin. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love yep. it. Can I get that? Can anybody make that my ringtone, please? Oh, yeah. That's all you need is that for a ringtone. Yep, that's, that's what you awesome. need, Jason. He'll never answer his phone again. <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, I will. He'll let it play six or seven times to go to voicemail, and then he can think about calling you back. There you go. Yep, there you go. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Sturgeon's watching on YouTube. Um, do you get do you get to attend or announce much in Kentucky at all, Alan? I go through Kentucky a lot. I, that was that's the Krieger territory down there, and not not saying that I I wouldn't be glad to help either one of those guys down there. Um, I have been to uh, been to Louisville. Um, I've never had the opportunity to work any uh, the show in Louisville at the farm show, but as far as a specific event in the state, no, I have not. When was the last time you got to sit and just watch a poll and listen and not announce? Boy, I've got to think about, I don't know. Uh, it's usually one of those things that I may not be the, the, the go-to announcer, but I'm the backup and I'm sitting there. If he needs something, he'll turn around and I'll take over for him. Uh, it's kind of the way we tag team things at, at Enderly. Uh, if I'm standing in the background and they need something, I'll step up and put something in. But as far as to sit and watch one, be honest, guys, I'm not sure I could. <laughs> Same. 100%. I can't do it. No. Yeah, exactly. I'm a, a terrible fan. I, I literally don't know what to do with my hands. Exactly. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. You're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, that's something we had announcers uh, that you've gotten to, that, you, that you've been able to work with or, you know, like the ones that are coming up. Have you gotten to work with any uh, any of the young the younger generation? There a couple of the couple of the younger ones that have come up and and to use Jason's uh, quote, they refer to me as legendary, and I keep telling them, no, 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 no. I just enjoy working with you guys, um, and it's interesting to see the technology that they are using that I have watched develop and 
decided, I really don't need that technology. They're always checking uh, a phone or something for a result or what's going on or the current ratings as far as point standing. That, to me, is not necessarily as important to the crowd that's sitting there as maybe it is if you're sitting at home listening to this on the radio or on a, on a, uh, a live stream feed or something. That would be interesting to them. But the people that are sitting in the in the stands, that's not as important to to know that while this was last year's you know third place finish in 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 region two and they're chasing the points etc. That's important, but where they are currently, no, I don't think. And that that's me talking there. So would you say that uh, the the becoming of live stream has changed how you're announcing them through some of that? <sighs> I am aware of live stream. Let me put it that way. Um, I'm not. It doesn't scare me other than the fact that I have to realize that like tonight, once it's said, it's out there. You can't take it back. You might as well do it right to begin with. It's the way I look at it. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Lisa, what's the furthest away you've announced a pull? Well, I go from Toma to Chapel Hill to Canton, Ohio, in every place in the amongst those three. So, Lisa, I'll let you do your homework and tell me where it came up, and what you come up with. <laughs> um, I saw this one from. Shane Hunt. Um, so Shane said that he won't forget the summer when he had asked you um, if you enjoyed your time at Chapel Hill and you looked at him and asked if he had a good time and he said yes. And then you said you did too. So that's exactly right. That's exactly right. It was my first opportunity to go to uh, go to Chapel Hill and they, they made me feel very, very welcome down there. Uh, they asked me at convention and I didn't really want to commit to them. And I thought, no, I owe it to I owe it to Chris Gilbert to go down there and see if I can make sure that the the Super Bowl of the South stays as successful as it has been, and that's what I tried to do. Well said. Well, what's said. your favorite class to announce? I don't know. I, I thought for a while that that the the uh, the smokers were going to be the the favorite class because I mean that's really where it all started in my in my way of thinking. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched the. The, the men with the super M's and the, and the W nines and et cetera, and the old stone boats. And so that was, that was tractor pulling to me. And then to watch the explosion of these classes go along, I think anything that blows smoke and anything that makes noise <laughs> is a good class. I think I covered them all, didn't I? I think you did. Well said. <laughs> Boy, you're, you're really going to be screwed if they ever bring in, you know, Tesla's into pulling. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Canton, Ohio loves having you, Alan. Well, I appreciate going to Canton. That uh, Danny Schmucker asked me to come a couple of years ago, and he said, can you come on Friday and Saturday? And I said, okay. So I've been there now two years uh, to be a, a two-day event. I enjoy that. Uh, they take great care of me out there. That little fairgrounds, if you've never been to Canton, you need to go. It's landlocked. And I mean, you come off a city street and all of a sudden you're on the fairgrounds and in 150 feet, you're in the infield because you've come across the horse track. 
but what they can do with that limited space that they have, it's a marvelous fairgrounds. It's great. Yeah, Danny Schmucker was on the show a couple weeks ago, right, guys? Yep. Yeah. And, and we know they got region pull of the year, I'm pretty sure, at yes. the banquet this year. And somebody said, how did you get Washburn to announce both nights? And he said, I just asked him. <laughs> it's exactly it was so right. cute, the way Danny said it. So. Yeah, he just asked. He just asked, and that's fine. That's yeah, the way a lot like of this. it works. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Alan, for the kind words and moment of silence in my dad's honor at the Dark County Fair. Michael Palmer said that. So. Uh, you're more than welcome, Michael. Your, your dad was a great friend of mine and, and uh, uh, someone that uh, was probably one of the, the driving forces uh, at Dark County. And uh, uh, the Palmers have, have always been very good friends of mine. Thank you. I appreciate that, Michael. Yep. I love all the questions like ask Alan his favorite class and, his, and I'm not going to do that to Alan. Uh, Alan isn't going to answer that. He will in his nice Alan way. I like anything that smokes and makes noise. So I'm just going to save those questions if you guys want to get a little more creative on a couple of you that keep hammering. <laughs> I am not going to ask Alan those questions. So. Damn, we've all been admonished to step up our game. Yeah. Uh, could be. Could be, guys. <laughs> So well, William, I, I want to thank you guys. You've all been very kind to me, and I appreciate that. Uh, Alan, do you have a favorite adult beverage that you partake in? I have said this before, and I'll say it again. I do not begrudge anybody a beer, especially after the show's over. There's nothing that will take the smoke and, and, and the taste of, of the dust and dirt out of your throat any faster than a beer. But usually one's enough. So William Lomberg has invited you to his campsite at Pulltown, and you can have free bush lattes. That's what he said up real quick. <laughs> Alan, Alan, he can he confessed to us like two weeks ago that he buys like a pallet of it. I mean, oh, he, he does. Like, come, yeah, he's got every barrel loaded. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, that that's nice to know. Yeah. Uh, I got one for you, Alan. Sure. <clears throat> Through all your years of announcing polling. What's like one of the special moments that you've got to be a part of? Other, uh, you mentioned like um, the proposal with Bob and G uh, Lisa, but what else, like in all of your 30 plus years or 50 years of motorsports? I guess it can be anything. Um, what's one that just kind of sticks out in your mind as being special? We talked about the, the tribute that I do to the veterans, uh, and it was, it was at Wasion, Ohio. The first year I did that, I was introduced to the man that was the uh, detail commander of all the uh, American Legion posts. They came out and presented the colors, etc. When I finished with that speech, and I told him what I was going to do, kind of gave him a general rough idea, and I told him what I was going to do. And, and when I finished with that, that man looked at me and saluted you do not salute a civilian and i i mean i was almost weak at the knees guys i really was uh that was very very special to me and i've always remembered uh wasion is a very special place for me it's awesome wow what do you say <laughs> what do you yeah. say to that nothing yeah how do you follow that <laughs> yeah wow on a typical, uh, on a, on a completely different direction, what's the wildest pass you've ever called? 
LD Nation at uh, Mount Sterling, Illinois, at 150 feet. I mean, he was he was just nuts up in the air, front end bouncing, etc. And, and the sled came unhooked. LD had everything full bore on those turbines. The kill switch worked just exactly as it was supposed to. When they got him stopped, they shot a laser of him, and he was at 753 feet. Holy crap. <laughs> what year, Alan, would that have been? Yeah, that, which, was the, which... that was the year before we put the, the cross piece on the tip of the hook to keep it from coming unhooked. <laughs> uh, That's the LD Nation rule. Yeah, yeah, That's every funny. rule has a, has a name attached. Yes, thank you. Exactly. Thank you so much. I might have a video clip of that. I'm looking. Yeah, that's what I, I did. Possibly. Uh, Lisa Jostock. This is a, this is a good one. Um, what do you do to prepare for a pull, Mr. Washburn? Well, I find all the girls and give them a big hug, and we're ready to roll. <laughs> At least Alan, <laughs> Alan, I have a special guest for you. Are you ready for this? Sure, absolutely. Larry oh, Richvine, welcome to the show, buddy. <laughs> Larry, yeah, can, yeah, we're in the farm shop there. I can see that. Larry, is it true? Larry, I, is it true you're responsible for Alan Washburn's announcing career? Most certainly. Oh my God, this is so cool. Alan, Did as soon as you said that, I started texting Rich Wine. I'm like, I need you on here. I need <laughs> he, you on here. So. Did he tell you the story? No, we want them all. Larry, this is no, time. we want to hear your version of it and compare. We'll compare notes. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. Yeah, check me a fact check here. Well, is it okay if is it okay if I finish? Even though it's not politically correct, which we all know I'm not, is it okay? Clearly, Clearly. It? no, Larry. We don't. Uh, we like you just the way you are. We like you just the way you are, Larry. So, well, I don't know if you can say this on on whatever we're on stream, but uh, that's bullshit, Jason. Anyway, yeah, I know you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I was doing. Oh, in the mid-90s, uh, before I took the job that I just retired from, um, I was doing about all the events in Indiana. Me and Between me and John Bannett, we were doing about all of them. And we were doing the Indiana State Fair, and I had done for several years. And my father passed away on August 21st of 1989, and that was during the fair. And uh, so I called the director of... Uh, entertainment at the Indiana State Fair, uh, Rex Coons, and told him, I said, my father passed away last night. And I had like, I don't know, one or two nights left to pull him. And I said, have you got somebody that can cover my shows? And he said, yeah, we'll get it covered. And I had walked around the fair for many years, just with friends, mocking this guy that would say, welcome to your Indiana State Fair, State Fair time, 12 noon. I mean, and I'd mocked the guy walking around for years. Anyway, so we took care of dad and everything was done. And I went back up. The fair was in its last day or two. And I thought, well, I ought to go meet the guy that took my place while I took care of daddy. And long story short, I walked into the administration office. And uh, I don't know if I can say this on the stream either, but I said, uh, I want to meet the son of a bitch that announced the tractor pull last night. <laughs> And, and Alan stood up from the other side of the room and went, I did. I said, well, I want to shake your hand and thank you very much. 
and uh, appreciate you taking care of me and my time and need. So the Andy Super Bowl comes around. And and that's all I had met Alan, other than I did tell him, I think, that I've been mocking for years. Welcome to the Indiana State Fair. Anyway, <laughs> long story short, too late. Typical rich one. I, uh, I uh, uh, Indiana State Fair was fine, but we got the Indy Super Bowl. And whoever was supposed to announce it uh, had bowed out. And we had Doc Riley. And uh, I was running the show. I was on the track. And Shire asked me the day before, Dave Shire said, do you know anybody here in Indiana that's a good announcer? And I says, well, we need to call this guy Alan Warsper. I said, he's got great pipes. And I said, call him. He goes, well, is he any good? I said, tell you what, if you don't like him, I'll pay him. And so we called Alan and Alan was working with Doc at the show. And Alan works with anybody. I mean, some announcers, you know, well, they try to, I don't know, talk over the other guy, a lot like you do, Jason. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, Jason, you're a big dude. You really are. Just ask yourself. Anyway, <laughs> long story short again, too late. Uh, well, I don't I don't know that I can say Schreier loved him, but Dave did say during the show on the radio, uh, Larry, you are right about this Warspring guy. And the rest is history. Is that about right, Alan? You're exactly right, sir. Yes. I love but it. It all happened because my father passed during the Indiana State Fair, which I've already outlived him. He was 64 and a half, and I'll be 66 on Groundhog's Day. But my my daddy worked. He was a hardworking farmer and drove a school bus for 40 years. But he passed, and by that chance, uh, Alan and I met, and then I recommended Alan to Mr. Schreier. And, that's just so. Yep. So who all we got on here? Well, we got Brett Yarin, uh, yeah. me, the big deal, Larry. You know, me, Charles oh, Posh. You, you are a big deal. <laughs> so Alan, uh, Larry, and I have this little thing that we kind of call each other a big deal. So I actually had some T-shirts made up one year that say "Smoke Machines Suck," and I gave them to him at Cloverdale one year. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's got a picture of my face with, yep. with the beard, winter yep. coat. And it says, Larry says, smoke machines suck, which is a quote that he picked up on the radio. Yep. Uh, I said, Jesus Christ, smoke machines suck. <laughs> but anyway. You're never sure what Larry's going to come up with on the radio. Hey, Larry, um, you're yep. familiar with Tony Reed from TikTok, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So we've had him on the show, so you can say whatever you want. Okay. That's what well, yeah, because what he starts every every TikTok with, hey, fuckers, or whatever, you know, yeah. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> That's how he rolls you know, it out. You know me, I'm kind of conservative. And, yep. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you and your delicate sensibilities. Yeah, thank you. I uh, am sensitive. I'm very sensitive. Uh -huh. Is it true? So Brad says, I think Larry always says, if you don't like my announcing, my name is Alan Washburn. Is that what you say, Sandwich? <laughs> well, occasionally. But what it is, I do uh, Georgetown, Ohio, the Brown County Fair down there. It's a non-sanctioned event, which now that's what I'm going to do a lot of. Anyway, long story short, too late. Um, did I, I got that in there, didn't I? Yeah, yeah um, you did. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, I always say... Um, Welcome to the night's event. If you like what you're hearing, my name is Larry Richwine. If 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 you don't like what you're hearing, my name's Denver Getchy. Or my name's uh, 
Dwayne Edwards, <laughs> or my name's Alan Worsburn, or whatever. And I've a couple times I've I think I've actually been Jason Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I've never been asked to go back to some of these places. No, no, no. <laughs> and so Denver one time approached me. He goes, I don't know if I like that. And I says, Well, I'm sorry. I said it's actually a compliment. And he goes, It is. I went. <laughs> I said, think about it. But, but no, he 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 didn't like it. So I did it more the next year. <laughs> That's right. I would That's expect right. no less from you, Larry. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Alan, Alan, yes. tell us some tell us some good Larry stories now that he's yeah, retired. Us, he's throw him retired. right under the bus. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, just Larry, well, Larry, Larry you have to remember though, guys. Larry and I go back a long way, so there's very little that he and I can do to each other that we haven't done already. <laughs> we go back. To, oh, oh, that's fine. We can rehash some things. I'll probably go back. That's that's true. It's interesting when you when Larry's on the track and I'm working with someone, Larry asks me specifically, which ear am I in? I've got my radio headset on and I, I'm listening radio traffic in one and the, the program of the other announcer in the other ear. And he does that for a reason, because then he can bury the guy that's sitting beside me and it doesn't take long. And the guy is just doubled over on the floor, and Butch Krieger was the worst. You could take Butch Krieger in 30 seconds, and he would not be worth a darn for the whole first class. I had he couldn't talk, yeah. But Butch, uh, uh, one, the first time I worked with Butch, I think, was uh, Hillsboro, Missouri or somewhere. Anyway, it was somewhere. Alan wasn't there. And he was monitoring me, of course, Butch was. And I said something. I seen. I looked up at the tower to see his reaction. And he went. And then, and I knew I had him. So, yeah, I reeled him in pretty hard. I knew I had him. That's right. It was very easy to knock him off stride. And, uh, and, and very hard to get him back on stride. But it was one of those things that I would simply look at Larry. And I could tell where he was going with the story he was starting to tell right there. And he and I worked together long enough and often enough that I could tell by the tone of his voice, I could tell by the way the weather was cooperating or not cooperating, what we were going to do. We didn't need to converse with each other. I knew that Larry was going to try and run and finish this class. He was not going to mess around. We're going to get these people out of here in a safe manner, and that's what we tried to do. Well, that happened one year at Toma. We had a storm coming. And they told me, you know, we've got uh, we've got storm like 20 minutes out or whatever. And, and then we had lightning like 10 mile away or whatever. And I had two pro stalkers to run at Toma. Right. And uh, and uh, for some reason, when they told me to shut down the show, we got lightning too close. For some reason, one of my headset ears kicked off. I, I didn't hear it. <clears throat> Weird how that happens, huh? <laughs> yeah, it happens so, occasionally. And Alan and I kept talking, you know, and, and a little bit on the radio. But no, I didn't. I did not hear them, Your Honor. Um, I mean, I did not hear them say, you know, we got to shut it down. And I ran the last two. And afterwards, Mr. Shire scolded me pretty hard. He goes, damn it, Larry, you know, we could have got somebody hurt. And I said, well, you know, I I know that. But I took a judgment call, which probably is why I'm where I'm at. Anyway, long story short, too late. <laughs> <laughs> And then the newspaper came out the next morning there in Toma, the local paper, and they uh, they admired the newspaper made comment how the show was conducted well, and even though the on you know oncoming storm 
they finished the class and everybody got to leave in orderly fashion. And it was just to roll the dice that I did a lot, but uh, it happened to work that time. And Alan and I knew exactly what we were doing. But uh, uh, they're, they're telling us they're, uh, that it was in 2013. And I think that was it. And you're right. I knew what Larry was doing. I also knew that we had people in the grandstand that we needed to get out, but you don't. And we talked about this very early in the show, Charles, you and I talked about it. If the wrong words are used in the wrong context in the wrong tone of voice at the wrong time, people get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you can't say ladies and gentlemen, please evacuate the grandstand and then shut the mic yeah. off. Yeah, Cause right. they all, they all run right. and you can't do that. But we, uh, I've gotten, was, awful wet. I've gotten awful wet sometimes being the last one out of the tower, too. <laughs> oh, I know. But, you know, it did not rain on those last two nope. vehicles. It did not. But it rained like a goose, you know, or cow <laughs> on a flat rock right after yeah. that. Exactly right. So exactly I joined right. this party late. So what What did I miss? Well, we just, <clears throat> Alan is a legendary voice at Toma, and that's close to my house. And I got to listen to Alan and Doc talk at the NTPA banquet, and I asked Alan to come on our show, and then he he told we you know we got into how did you get announcing, and he said your name, and so I started I started <laughs> texting you right away because I wanted to bring you on because uh, you're always fun to have on, Larry, and I just thought that'd be good for Alan too, you know, well, maybe I get him to loosen up a little bit. I appreciate <laughs> and in, it. And and in um, the meantime, you know, we had about ten minutes to just completely bag on you for you know. Yeah. who you are and you know yeah, you go back and watch before you there. jumped on you know it was great do you know you're not the first one to do that yeah not, probably was, won't be the yeah, last was, i mean it was like a friars club roast you know what i, I hated i missed it but yeah uh jason <laughs> i know you've been plugging the florida pullers there in zellwood on the third and fourth or fourth or fifth whatever it is the week after i'll be in ocala yeah. are you gonna announce that show yeah i'm announcing zellwood yep yep Very good. I figured you would yeah uh, I Larry, William Lumberg wants to know what you smoke. What's your uh, what's your uh, cigar of choice? Actually, I'm smoking something that's way out of my price range. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually smoking a Stillwell Star English Number Twenty Seven. Uh, there's a show here. They've got a podcast, but there's a show here in Indianapolis on WIBC. It's called Eat, Drink, Smoke, and they every Sunday or Saturday, I guess it is. They go somewhere and they, they drink bourbon and they smoke cigars. And I normally smoke a, a cigar that's uh, Colombian. Uh, my tenant in my apartment smokes stuff that smells like Colombian, but it's a bit different smell. Anyway, but <laughs> I'm just saying. But this is actually Stillwell number 27 and uh, Stillwell Star. And uh, I bought them for myself for Christmas. Wife and I, after 44 years, uh, if you want something, buy it. That'll be your Christmas. And if she wants something, buy it. That'll be her Christmas. And I, uh, they're about, I don't know. I mean, you buy them one at a time, they're probably 20 bucks a piece. But I bought a box of 10, and they're really good cigars. And they uh, got a lot of pipe tobacco in them. I'm not a big big smoker, but I do enjoy a good cigar. And when I got the text from Jason, I thought, well, why not do it right? And it was about half done. <laughs> boy. What's yep. uh, uh since you mentioned bourbon, what's your bourbon of choice? Oh, I've always been a crown man, but uh, Linda, well, that was Shire's fault. That's not really bourbon, that yes, yeah, it's whiskey, but uh, I got yeah. a son uh, that's got some relation in Kentucky and he's into the bourbons and <laughs> he wants me to sample stuff, but uh, 
I'm not really a drinker and never been a, a beer drinker. I've drank more beer in uh, Toma than yeah. I had my entire life because they used to hand you a can of Budweiser and say, here, welcome to Toma. And hand it to yeah, you. Exactly right. And everybody got a six pack, but uh, I've just, I have to be really hot and the beer has to be really cold for me to drink a beer, but whatever. But uh, I'm kind of a crown man. And Linda and I were sick most of December and I wound up uh, with my Diet Coke having a little fireball in it to make it a cinnamon Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. You must have really been sick. Uh, he was. It had to be sick. Yeah. Linda, man, and, I that, it, Linda and I both woof. were sick on and off the entire month of December. It, it just woof. And she hadn't gone to the doctor in years since the breast cancer days. And she went twice in one week. And and she's usually the strong one. I'm usually the wimp, but uh, it wasn't COVID. It wasn't influenza. It wasn't the RSVP or whatever the hell they talk about. But it's uh, uh, we were both very sick, and luckily I'm feeling better. I didn't smoke the cigar. I didn't want to waste the taste on a bitter palate, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so. Well, there are a handful of there are a handful of us who are who are kind of bourbon nuts on this on this show. And huh. you know we're kind of we're kind of interested in what you drink, so that next time uh, we see you, we can uh, partake together. Well, you bring you the cigars. We'll, we'll you bring the cigars. We'll bring the burp. You walk up with a with a, a crown and diet coke, and uh, unless I'm deep in thought or giving a deposition or testimony, I'll I'll help you drink it. <laughs> Larry, I don't know if I've ever seen you deep in thought, so I think we're safe there. <laughs> yeah, I think you got a point there. You have a point. But you know he's gonna slug me the next time he sees me. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Jason, Alan, go ahead, Larry. Jason's the big deal here. I mean, god dang. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I understand. Yeah. Alan, um, how many times have you announced actually with Larry at a show? Or is it more Larry was running tech and you were in the stand announcing? I Larry and I sat side by side, I think two or three times, but as a general rule, Larry's on the track and and I I know that the show will run smoothly at that point in time. <clears throat> we make a good team as far as on-track communication oh, with the yeah. tower. When Alan's up there, I've never had an issue with him saying things wrong or announcing something yeah. wrong. Very rarely have I corrected him, you know, but he, uh, I, I, I don't care for an announcer that basically talking out his ass and don't know what he's talking about. I just assume they read the name on the town, you know, but, uh, most of them and most of us know enough about the sport, especially the ones on here right now, that it's an educated thing. I, when I announce, I try to let the crowd know what's happening and explain how the sled works and stuff, just in case they've never been to a pool. I want them to yeah, do it. It's kind of like getting on an airplane and they tell you how to fasten the seatbelt together, like you've never done that before. Well, it's amazing how many times you got to climb up on the cage and dress the damn guys before they take <laughs> off. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's also amazing how many of them foot shaking on the brake pedal and you would think they've driven long enough that it wouldn't be shaken. But the only one that I know that never, ever, ever, ever shook in front of me was Aston Lane. <laughs> well, yeah. But, you know, he, uh, if anybody's got the record for times down the track, it's probably Aston. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I had an awful good run and I'm looking forward to, uh, uh, I'll be announcing the ones that I've announced in the past. And I picked up a few in Michigan, I think. And, I uh, just got done with the uh, Indiana Fair Convention, the Hoosier State Tractor Pullers that I've been secretary on and off from since 1978 of. Uh, we had more interest from fairs than we've had in years at the fair convention. Excellent. That's I think a lot of the 
people entertainment dollar. They, they're not going to drive to Disney World with right. four gas and five-hour diesel fuel. I mean, they're going to go closer to home. I think that's why last year, everywhere we went, we yeah. had extra, extra good crowds, I think. Exactly right. We yep. did. We did. So, Alan, what's the funniest thing you've ever heard Larry say over the radio? Uh, you can't repeat it. Uh, well, what's <laughs> it? You are a gentleman. You are that a gentleman. Goes, what's that the goes past thing growing that you can repeat, Alan? That goes past growing corn 2020, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Oh, occasionally Larry will will use an innuendo. Uh, you, he's he he starts to crowd that line real close, and somebody ahead of you uh, in the audience will turn around and go, "You said what?" Well, that I'm just repeating what Larry told me. Yeah, my most my most my most used line was after something went wrong or sled setting sucked or something that nobody but us knew. I'd say, wow, it looked like I picked the wrong week. Quit sniffing glue, which is a line from Airplane. But you know. yeah, exactly, exactly right. <laughs> yep. Larry, Larry had a, has a tendency to to sum up in very few words what the rest of us only use one word and say, "Damn." <laughs> <laughs> I've always been the one that wasn't afraid to say what most people were thinking, but just didn't have the guts. That's right. That's exactly right. So, Larry, um, I never have uh, got to listen to you announce a full show. You were announcing Sandwich. Uh, we had our team down there, you know, videoing and selling shirts and stuff, and we promoted right. Sandwich for them. We got rained out in Missouri, and I bought the podcast, you know, the show, the NTPA live stream, and I put it right there above my steering wheel, and I'm driving home. And you <laughs> you start doing your Dolly Parton jokes and stuff, and all the crap I've caught over the years announcing at Gordyville, and I said to Charles and Roos, I said, Rich Ryan gets away with way more. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I have always, like, pulloff.com, they eat me alive after every Gordyville. Now, I did partake in too much Crown Royal when I was announcing at Gordyville, and I don't do that anymore. But those people still remember. Danny Schmucker even said, I remember those early years. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, the Dolly Parton joke, I actually don't use anymore unless it's requested. I told that joke 40 years ago. Before I met Alan, I was telling that. And uh, it's real simple. If you've never heard it, I'll say, ladies and gentlemen, I understand that Dolly Parton's in the crowd tonight. She loves truck and tractor pulling. And I just got a message that she's with us tonight. Let's see where <laughs> I just understand she's about 280 feet on the other side, halfway up. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Dolly Parton. And then I go, oh, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, it's just two ball headed men sitting very close together. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've told that joke <clears throat> since the 80s. And like Sandwich, I wasn't going to tell it because everybody's heard it. And I swear to God, they did it to me at uh, Georgetown and at Sandwich and uh, somewhere else I was at last year. They look up and goes, Dolly Porton coming, Larry? Well, no. And then, you know, and I thought, well, all right, here we go. And then I tell the Dolly <laughs> Porton. But yeah, it's it's bad to be uh, requested things like you say. That's But, you know, if you think about it, I've always teetered on that line between. You have. Yeah. And that's why we love you. Yeah. <laughs> not, not everybody does, trust me. <laughs> well, I, I uh, let me tell you, I kind of have the same reputation. It's going to be okay. <laughs> you know what? All right, let's not turn this into a support group. <laughs> I had noticed that. <laughs> you know what? Let's just go around the room and see what everybody else thinks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alan, did you ever get to announce the Banner Brothers at all? Yes. Yes. Uh, had the opportunity many times to uh, to talk about the fact that that man could put more 
Chevrolet engines on a frame of one vehicle than anybody this side of the Atlantic. Because there were some of the boys overseas that could put more engines on, and they always used Chevrolet 350 engines. And they had, I think, eight or ten someplace in, (laughs) I think, was it Holland, Larry? I think so. It was the Netherlands. Uh, Oh, the Netherlands, someplace over there. And I asked them, I had the opportunity, I said, why Chevy engines? They said, everybody can get parts for those. So we can't in this country. They said, oh, we just make a phone call. Well, it helps when you've got connections. Yeah, Ralph, yeah. Ralph is an excellent engineer and a good friend yeah. of mine. I was yeah. going to Garden City, Kansas, and met Ralph, and he actually designed my second tractor, uh, Cockshut, showed me how he takes the transmission off or took the transmission off and put a pinion set up on it uh, in the Pizza Hut in uh, uh, Garden City, Kansas, on a napkin. I bought the pitcher of beer. I wasn't old enough to drink the beer, but I bought the pitcher of beer, and he designed my tractor. Uh, my second tractor and we got home i called him up and said ralph build that pinion set up and i'll be up pick it up but no ralph was a good friend and a heck of a good guy but he he was pretty he was pretty shy in the public yes yes alan larry you know over the years like do you guys ever did you guys ever chance ever have a chance to kind of all get together and just tell stories like maybe only the banquet was the only time you guys were all together but you guys ever get a chance to get together or is it just work 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 Anytime the entry trailer's got a door open, I'll sit inside and we'll we'll figure out what's going on. And and all of a sudden, oh hey, you know it's showtime. We got to go. <laughs> I, I've often said if I had written one paragraph per event over the thirty years that I was in charge of them, and the I started pulling in nineteen seventy four as a junior in high school with two small box. So if I had written a paragraph an event on who was doing what, what was the rumor, you know, who was shagging who, uh, in the part in the pits and uh, whose kid was getting in trouble with the law because he was drinking or whatever. I'd had a, I'd had a bestseller. They'd have put it on the fiction shelf, but it would have been true. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They would have put it on the fiction I've shelf, had, but it would have been true. I've had a, one hell of a good time, guys. So. That one's great. Um, but just the entertainment factor, Alan, that you provide and uh, Larry, that you provide two, two completely different styles, obviously, but they both work. They're both memorable. And um, it just, that's what makes it great. And as a lifelong pulling fan, um, just it's on, I'm have, I can't believe both of you guys are on. I'm glad you were watching your phone, Larry, and didn't, weren't too deep into your diet and crowns. So. I haven't had a diet and crown in a month, but well, there in December, I had a little fireball to cut the phlegm. Doctor's orders. That's right. But no, it's, All right, it's, I got a I got a question for both of you guys since both of you guys have picked up the mic a few times. And actually, Jason, I'm going to ask you too. And I don't I don't know I don't know the answer to this. Have any of the three of you guys announced a first timer? And if so, what was that like? A first time. First first time driving a tractor in competition. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. oh yes, absolutely. Bunch of them. Bunch of times. Bunch of times. Let's, let's, let's do some name dropping here. Oh, that's that's what it's going to be hard for me to do. Um, well, the entire Theobald family. I mean, yeah. I do that event like after the Enderly of Georgia, or George Everett. Jeez, he's thinking about me. George, of Georgetown, Ohio. <laughs> and down there, it doesn't matter who drives or how young or old you are. Right. And uh, uh, a bunch of them have, that's their first shot down there. They've tried it. <clears throat> I mean, from the bomber kid, Darren Bomber's son, Colton, 
to all the Theobalds, including Renee. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to say. I do know Wait, that uh, Bomber's know- kid is driving now. Huh? Bomber's kid is driving now. He's got his own tractor. You're gonna find out this week. Holy yeah, crap! All right, I'm all right. I'm paying more attention now. <laughs> yeah, Colton. Uh, Colton uh, uh, got a second tractor. Yeah. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, they've all done it. And, uh, like, Brandon Phillips is the only kid I know. Well, not the only one. There's two or three other ones. Uh, Kiyomar's kid and uh, <laughs> a bunch of other ones. I mean, there's some of the few children that were 16 years old, two years in a row at NTPA competition. Anyway, <laughs> but Larry Phillips asked me, he goes, can Brandon drive NTPA? And I says, well, you got to be 16. He goes, well, you know, he's not. And I said, I don't know anything. I said, that's up to you. I, we don't ask for birth certificates, but yeah. Uh, I, but no, I've probably seen 40 or 50 of them, only because I do that pull down there where basically anybody can climb on a seat. But I don't know. I it, it, it's so, interesting, Ed, Larry brings it up, to watch over the course of the years, you see the second generation and then the third generation that's starting to sit in the driver's seat. When Grant Theobald started driving, I mean, he had to start someplace, but he had two good parents that were giving him a lot of instruction. Grandpa was sitting back over here. Both sides were keeping him headed where he needed to go. And right. when that young man picked up his first Grand National win, oh, you couldn't have held him down with four ropes tied to his feet because he was floating so high. Oh, that yeah. was neat to do because it's, it's one of those things. It's a very special event in his life. Let's make it special for him as well. Well, and, and now Mason. Uh, yes. The- uh, in fact, they never thought about it, but at Bowling Green this year, I said, so is Mason going to drive the two-wheeler or something at Georgetown this year? And he wasn't quite 16 yet. He is now. And he looked at me, Mason did, and he went, looked at his mom, looked at his dad, and they said, we haven't talked about it. And I says, well, Grant drove there for the first time. Why the heck wouldn't Mason? And so exactly. he did. And he had a ball. And he came yeah, out and thanked exactly. Uncle Larry, thanks for suggesting that. And I says, right. well, no charge. Buy me a Diet Coke, you know. Travis Travis Slava says, "Glad you didn't write that book, Larry. I might have made chapter or two." <clears throat> Travis said, that. Well, if, "Larry, if, it's if, not too late to start." Crew would have his crew would have made the book. I guarantee you. Yep. Yeah, and you know what? I might write it yet. I've lost part of that memory, but not all of it. Not all of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'd, buy the, I'd buy that book. <laughs> it would be on the fiction shelf, but I guarantee you, it'd be true. So. You just send me a link to Amazon and I'll buy it. <laughs> I know Alan. I know Alan announced Brad Schmishman's bionic buzzard at Fort Recovery. Brad is Jan's grandson. Schmishman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can't spell, yeah. but that's close. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I can't spell either. There's a reason I'm not used behind the computer right now. You know. That- if that tractor could talk about how many times it's been down the track, including the the, the fuel rod that they push forward on the top engine right before yep. they take off, uh, that old thing's got a million miles on it, 300 foot at a time. Yep, that's true. It does. <laughs> and it, it is going to be one of those that he's going to run or not run. And if it runs, it's going to run pretty good. Technically, it qualifies for both the Legends yep. and EPA competition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. One of the few. Yes. uh, The legend thing. (laughs) 
Von Bauer says, well, the reason some of that stuff's parked in a fence row. <laughs> and I'm going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, they, they've got their own following and they do a good job. But uh, somebody said, Rich, why don't you get one of yours out? Do you know where they are? And I said, yeah, I know where two of them are. But I ain't getting that old crap out again. There's a reason I, I sold it and got away from it. So, yep. that's right. yeah, but we had fun. Still am having fun. It's not, it's not over yet. Yeah, that's, and that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And, 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 and I get sentimental old farts sometimes. Nobody would believe, but there's no other sport that I feel like any of us could be affiliated with that is more family oriented and, and uh, welcome families into the pits to see our vehicles and welcome people to want to play, want to go buy one. Nobody comes over and says, Jesus, you buy that old piece of crap. They welcome you in there. And uh, it's, I'm very proud to be a part of it. I think I can speak for all of us and say that we're all, we all fall into that category. Yeah, I think and, so. and Alan, to your point about, um, about watching that next generation, or in your case, you know, two generations down, that's one of the best parts of my job. Yeah. Watching, yeah. watching kids, watching kids go from kids who are just trying to steal the keys to mom and dad side by side so they can go and, you know, <laughs> right. be, be pit rats mm -hmm. to running valves with dad to suddenly, holy crap, this kid's got it. So got her own fire suit. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And then to watch, and then to watch them take it to, you know, like, louisville in their rookie year i mean we had i alan i shoot a lot of outlaw stuff and uh you know i got to watch uh daily paulson who's uh, cody how old is he 17 17 now 16 when she was at louisville yeah 16 in her rookie year made the cut got invited to louisville and watched that kid be absolutely starstruck when the spotlight hit her and when she had her jacket on and you yeah. know just seeing yeah. that because i remember that kid when she was running around as a nine-year-old you know or yeah, an eight-year-old exactly. kid exactly yeah it, yeah it's i think it's one of the i think it's one of the best parts for probably all of us if i'm if i'm really being honest i mean me as a photographer but I mean, you guys as announcers, you know, you remember when these kids were ankle biters. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, when, when I met Keith Theobald, it was in 1981. He bought Lanny Clifford's tractor, which was an old Dalton chassis out of Green's, Greencastle or Green's, yeah, Greencastle, Indiana. And they pulled up underneath the shade tree on the other side of the shade tree in Plainville, Indiana in 1981. And uh, they had two little old toe headed kids. And it was Doug and Todd. Yep. And of course, Doug turned 50 this year, which I felt agent. But I, you know, I pulled against Keith and pulled against uh, Doug a little bit, watched him pull even more. And of course, Renee is technically family because her brother is Bud Gettinger. And Bud Gettinger is my son in law. And of course, the gene pool is about this deep and part of, and part of pulling. But anyway, my, my grandchildren are Gettingers. That's also part of <laughs> I won't tell you that chapter anyway, but uh, no, I pulled against Keith and pulled with, you know, watch Doug and now Grant and now Mason's going to be running this year. And it's just awesome. I mean, I've been so blessed. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It really is a blessing for us to be able to watch that. Most certainly. I agree. Most memorable winner circle moment would have to be Greg Hibbett's 
at Toma, Wisconsin. Yes. A young lady got <laughs> received the, 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 the frisbee that uh, San Pico was throwing out that had Greg Hibbett's name on it. She was down entitled to a picture with the winner, etc. So she was about five or maybe six. Now, Greg Hibbets is a tall young man. And she walked out, walked right up, and she wasn't knee high. And you just watched her head go up and up and up and up. And she said, my, you're tall. In his infinite wisdom, he just grabbed that young lady and set her up on the steps of the truck. At that point in time, she was eye level to him. And you couldn't have asked for a better photography opportunity right there. That was the one that I remember the most. I wonder if she remembers it like you do. I don't know. I re- it would be interesting if I don't know who she was. I really God, don't. I'd one, I'd, mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be cool to be able to find her and say, do you remember that? Tell you a, fi- a finder story here very quickly because, I mean, we're way over time tonight, Jason. Well, <clears throat> no, no, Alan. It's um, – we've gone, we've gone for hours, so I'm just <laughs> – when you're tired, just say time for bed. You know, right. So. Yeah, yeah. You gotta remember, you know, I'm I'm an hour ahead of you. Uh, I was in Salem, Illinois. This has been many years ago. A young lady, about five years old, six years old, did the anthem for me. And bless her heart, she was so small and so short, she couldn't get up on they set her up on the nine-wheel roller out in the middle of the track. Handed her the microphone and she belted out the anthem and absolutely hit every single word. Man, she did a job. And everybody applauded, etc. Fast forward 16 years. I'm back in, in Salem. This girl comes up to me and she said, Do you remember me? Guys, that will floor any one of you when this goes. Any girl walks up and says, Do you remember me? <laughs> I'll bet it does. Yes. And I looked at her and I said, your, your eyes are familiar. That's what I noticed about a lot of them. She said, 16 years ago, I sang the anthem for you here at the tractor pull. I'm here to do it again this evening for you. Wow. She was 21 years old. and That's a weak in the knees moment, isn't it? <laughs> exactly right. And that yes. voice was just as crisp and clean and pure as it was the year the day she sang it for me. You know. It's one of those that you remember those things. You're exactly right. Yeah. Uh, Alan always did the TV interviews for the winners at Enderly. I, yeah, I try, I try to do that. And it's interesting because you'll get a little bit of a taste of what they have been through the entire year. Uh, to, to win Enderly is, is uh, a, a bowling green ring, technically, uh, from that standpoint, as far as uh, level of, of accomplishment is concerned to find out what they've been through because we've all followed them all season long. We know what their ups and downs are and what they have been dealing with. And if you get a chance to say, well done, it really kind of makes everybody feel good. Jason. And one real quick round. Go ahead, Larry. I said, Enderly's just a very special thing. I mean, it's, It's like yeah. a big bud shootout. It's a it's a prestigious event that they work for all year, and it's not necessarily the point champion in the division nope. usually, but it's somebody that was consistent and worked very hard to get there. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Hey, Jason, to round this out, let's go back to uh, what you were doing, where you were throwing out a name, 
and these guys were giving you the first memory. Let's just do like one round. Okay. Do like five names. So, Brett, you go first. Ooh. Um, <clears throat> put me on the spot. Come up Charlie? with a name first. Yeah. Uh, Tim Engler. I'll go first. I'll go first. Ernie Rop, Alan or Larry? Larry Rapp. probably would have a little better conversation about Ernie than I do because I didn't get a chance to meet that end of, uh, of technical development. Okay. Ernie back in the pit area, Toma, and they come in with a bambalance and God even took him out. And uh, uh, I think he survived that particular round, but he was, he was a jewel. He was a good guy. Yep. He was John Klug. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you and I both have the same reaction, Larry. Huh. Um, <laughs> Go for it, Alan. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to let you. All right, come on. One of you guys, one of you guys, you know, spit it out. Go, anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> let's, why, let's table that. Let's table why, that one. Why have I become the old timer all of a sudden? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what Why? Because I'm like, you do you knew there was a little bit of setup in this when you logged on. Yeah, well, thank you, Ryan. All yes. right, we'll give it. We'll give you a different name, Don Masterson. Excellent, excellent human being. Uh, yeah. Breaks my heart that Don's in the condition he's in. Uh, last year at uh, uh, Louisville, um, after the tractor come back, and he was in his wheelchair, and and everybody was kind of lining up to say hi to Don, and and like I indicated, I'm basically an old sentimental fart. And uh, I walked up to Don and I said, you know who I am? He goes, yeah, hell yeah, I do, Larry. And we, we both shed a tear and shook hands and I gave him a hug. And I said, I'm going to get out of your way so that other people can talk to you, Don. But Don is a jewel. And uh, Kevin's the same as just as good a man as Don is and ever was. And uh, I was actually fortunate to know to know people that now as they pass, like the the Ralph Banners and and people like that. That uh, I was just a two-headed kid. I mean, Art Arfons when he passed, I was at PRI show setting up in Orlando, and Dusty called me and she said, "Uncle Larry, last night Daddy passed." And uh, he used to call my son Robert that little red-headed kid. Um, but uh, no, I got to be good friends with uh, Art Arfons, EJ Potter. A uh, bunch of them in Florida when I was, a, before I got married, I got married in 78. Uh, I was just a teenager, but uh, I had the dually and they had bigger trucks and I hauled them all over Florida. I've been to every aircraft junkyard in Florida with with uh, EJ Potter and, and Art Arfons. And here's a good quiz. Here's a good brain teaser. Does anybody know EJ's middle name or his real name? Not just EJ Potter. Charles? I, I know I know that I did, but I, it's not coming to your right off the top of my head. Well, he he decided he was going to share my camper in Florida, in, in 1977, and so he's sound asleep and uh, his wallet playing on the kitchen table. And I didn't go through his wallet, but his driver's license fell out, and his name is Elon Jack Potter. And so the next morning. He, he said something, and I says, well, good morning, Elon. He goes, you son of a bitch, you son of a bitch, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I, sh I should have known the middle Jack name because I've met his son, Jack. Well, and you know, he called his son, Jack, Spot. And the story behind that is when he was born, uh, EJ and his wife argued over what his name would be. 
And so EJ said, by God, I'll call him Spot. And uh, it was in the late 80s. Uh, well, the last time Dean Isley had a show in uh, uh, Pontiac, Michigan, in the Silverdome, or what, whatever whatever dome that was. What was it? Silverdome. Silverdome. Yeah, Silverdome. Anyway, we pulled in there, and uh, I had two road acts at the time, and I pulled in there. And unless you looked up, you had no idea you were indoors. Anyway, EJ was there, and, and this boy was with him. And uh, he was hollering, Spot, get this. Spot. I mean, he was still calling him Spot. And he was an adult. But, uh, yeah, that's a fun story about uh, EJ's kid. But, no, I'm very fortunate. Somebody mentioned Tim Ingler a while ago. Uh, yeah. Tim Ingler and I, back to when we was both teenagers pulling, and Tim didn't even have his own tractor yet. He was driving uh, uh, for Mr. Strong out of, out of uh, oh, Fort Branch, Indiana, two 392 Hemis, and, and him and him got in trouble or didn't get in trouble. They got in an argument, and Tim didn't have a tractor for one year. And um, he was getting ready to build his own, just opened his machine shop, and he's walking around Evansville. And I said, how you doing, Timmy? And, and to this day, I'll call him Timmy. And... Uh, <laughs> He said, all I got to tell you, Larry, is don't do without your tractor. You think you're done or you think you can get it out of your system, but I'm lost. And the next thing he shows up, he shows up with, you know, all kinds of ungodly configurations. But no, Tim Ingram and I go just way back to when we both started. I mean, very fortunate. Very fortunate. Cody, give him a name. Mark Ulmer. I <laughs> knew that was where you were going. <laughs> yep. Mark Ulmer's, well... What can you say? He's a uh, little bit like me, a little bit of a rebel. Uh, That's where I was going to go with that. I would think, yeah, not not someone to uh, follow the crowd. Let me put it that way. Not at all. Anybody ever accused Rich Wine of following the crowd? Hell no. no. Yep. no. <laughs> yeah, I had a jet-powered two-wheel drive truck. Why? Because when they had divisional committees, uh, I was going from a tractor going to build a two-wheeler. And uh, I went up and asked him if I could build a jet-powered two-wheel drive truck, and they said no. So I came home and built it and <laughs> ran an exhibition, and it was called the Jet Beat of America. And it was an 89 fiberglass tilt body, and uh, it's still around here somewhere today. Not my house, but somebody come along thought they needed it, and it's parked in their shed. But, yeah, I had a jet-powered two-wheel drive truck for a couple of years, just running an exhibition. My rule of thumb was whatever first place paid is what it's going to cost them for an exhibition pass. Nice. Yeah. Larry, give Alan and uh, give Alan a name, or 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 actually give him, give him a track, give him an event. Oh God. I Let's don't pick know. One at random. This first Indy Super Bowl he worked. It would have been what ninety three. Yes. Walk through the draft horse barn. Doc Riley hollered at me. He said, "Hey, kid, come here." <laughs> so I, I walked over he said I understand you're working with me and I said okay what do you want me to do and he said you listen to what I say and we'll get along fine well Doc and I have had the opportunity more times than not to have that conversation again and he always goes I didn't say it that way did I Super Bowl was interesting I was there when Art Arfons melted the nylon flags out of the ceiling in the Coliseum with the turbines. Uh, I mean, there, right. was, there was hot nylon dropping all over that track. It looked safe. 
Yeah, yeah, looks good to me. Ish. And we're not talking the streamers that went across the track. No, no, like, no, no. We're talking, we're talking the flags at the top of the Coliseum that hadn't been blown away for years and years. That's right. That's right. All right. Let me throw one at you, Larry. Russell Mount. <laughs> Russell Mount. God love him. If you say Russell Mount, you got to say his wife's name, Betty. And yes. she goes, Oh, Father, we got to do something about this. We got, I don't know what we're going to do, Father, because she did it. And then later in life, they sold T-shirts and stuff. But Russell, he, uh, Russell didn't quite know what to do with a turban. And, uh, well, and he, he didn't know what to do with a radio either. He did not like radio communications. Well, he couldn't hear. No, he did <laughs> everything by hand signals. And yeah. once you understood his sign language, he was really a pretty good official. <laughs> but you had to understand. You'd, you'd have to go get a primer before you started the poll going, okay, Russell, run through, give me about four hand signals. Here, see if I can follow what you're saying. But no, he was, he was, uh, yeah, he was an interesting one. Well, he was like a lot of, a lot of the officials, they're frustrated pullers or people that couldn't afford to doing it or people that, uh, you know, that a lot of the, a lot of the flagmen are either frustrated, frustrated pullers from the past or pullers uh, or fans that want to be more involved uh, today's officials, there's very few of them that uh, haven't been involved in some capacity, either promoting an event or working with a facility promotes an event or something. But uh, I've had a lot of people say, what's it take to be an official? Well, it takes more than just asking what it takes. That's exactly right. Exactly right. I carry official license for several years. Uh, never, never had the opportunity to wave a flag on a track. But I knew when Larry waved that flag, what he was talking about. And well, that, I think made it better for the crowd because I could explain what was going on on the track. Yeah. When they go to tech school, they get a better understanding of what and why we do it. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I want you two to keep t tossing names at each other for just a bit. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me think here. Wild Bill no, Darrington. I think, I think it's Larry's turn here. Oh, okay. Okay. Isn't it? Wild Bill Darrington? Jeez, yeah. What a worth. I mean, uh, <laughs> but no, Bill was okay. But uh, Bill announced he was, he was he was out of his league. I thought over his head's a better description. Okay, all right, all right, I'll go with that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like I say, Alan uh, entered this sport, uh, got his feet wet on one of the largest events at the time, the Indy Super Bowl, and and it excelled with it. I I don't know. Any names I could throw at him. I definitely wouldn't be able to throw anything at him he hadn't talked about or whatever. <laughs> yeah, or seen. Or seen. We, you brought up a minute ago, you talked about popping the top on a single beer. Your first experience at Toma, was it as eye-opening an experience for you as it was for me? I've never seen so much beer consumed by a crowd in my life. Oh, you need to go to Gordyville. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. We don't have to drive it far. Um, no, um, uh, the beer flowed good, but hey, they got a good beer distributor sponsor and right. got a beer gardens, and it works well. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know, I don't know. It's uh, I I could talk forever about different people and stuff. Uh, I'll throw one at you, Alan. Um, <laughs> Dave Archer. Dave Archer. An interesting man. 
an interesting family, the, that whole pulling family. Uh, a smart boy. I mean, <laughs> let's face it. He was he was uh, head and shoulders above the rest of us. Um, knew how to get the horsepower, and then he'd let Arlene drive it. And Arlene was not afraid of that horsepower. And neither was Kathy, to be honest with you, either one of them. But Dave could Dave could take a lot of, of shiny pieces of metal and stack them on a vehicle and get a lot of power out of it. He really was very smart, very smart. I always enjoyed visiting with Dave. Yeah. Bill Voorhees is another um, yeah. just classic gentleman of the sport. Uh, Bill and I became good friends, oh, hell, 40, 45 years ago. When I met Bill, he was running the pro stock, and he was taking parts that Hypermax was basically grinding the nuts off from from Case IH and selling his performance parts of just, you know, something that could put more air and more fuel in it. Right. Bill was building his own stuff, and and to this day, Bill's uh, quite the competitor. Uh, the best story about Bill is come back in the pull-off at Toma. I don't know. He had the five motor. I don't know if it was a black one or the red one, but anyway, came back and couldn't get all five of them started at the line. The clutches were so hot that it would jump, and, and he couldn't hold it. So he shut two of them off, and he said, can I start these later? And I said, you can start them whenever you want. And so he went to the track with three of them running, backed up to the sled, hooked the chain on, got the chain tight. And at about 25 feet, he reached up with his left foot and pushed the pedal and lift, and lift the other two, the last two out of the five. And that son of a gun hooked to the ground and went blast right out the gate. And later, I said, Bill, I don't know how you had the wherewithal to think about it, but that was friggin' awesome. But yeah, he... Uh, Exactly. Exactly. Them at about 25 or 30 feet when the other the other three were wide open already. And he started the last two. And I mean, it just like a rocket. But uh, no, there's so many people. And you say Travis texted a while ago. I mean, the, the, the whole new generation of pullers, it's Travis is part of it. They're just yeah. as, they're just as awesome as the old timers I talk about. It's just a different day and age. But um, it's it's a tremendous sport. And it's one exactly. of the. One of the few sports, if not the only, where the guy driving it may be the guy that built it and engineered it and thought of it all together. Yeah, I mean, exactly. In race cars, you got a you got a race team that puts things together, whether it's the head guy or the clutch guy or the or the block guy. But uh, I live four miles from uh, from John Force's shop where he moved in there, and and uh, we took a tour of that. Me and Bill Voorhees and and uh, Jason Brammer took a tour of that place. They built everything right there in Brownsburg. I mean, they built their own blocks, their own head, and everything. But there's 20 guys on each car. Yeah. I mean, but as far as the guy that behind the wheel might be the guy that just put his fire gloves on because they're greasy from changing the turbo, that don't happen in any other kind of racing. That's right. That's exactly I, right. It, that's that's to commend them for their engineering. I'll throw you a name, Larry, one more time. One more name for you, Greer what? Hamilton. <laughs> Greer Hamilton. Think the think the cheapest beer you can buy. Think Keystone yep. or Sweats yep. or, or whatever. Yep. My first memory of Greer Hamilton was he pulled in a Toma and he had an old cab over. I don't know whether it was a Pete or what it was. Anyway, it was made in the camper and a hauler, and he opened the door and I bet twenty beer cans fell out before he did. And, <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, and. Uh, so Doc felt sorry for him, and it's after the pull, and I'm parked there where I always park, and he was parked close, Greer was, and at that time he had a little Oriental wife, but her name was Miko, and uh, so I seen Doc, and I said, what are you doing, and, and uh, I was 
closing everything up. And he goes, I'm going to get Greer back to his holler. So I seen, physically seen Doc help Greer into the camper. And uh, Doc hadn't gone 20 feet, and I heard thud. And uh, Miko had kicked Greer out of the camper. And he goes, she goes, you drunk son of a bitch. You're not come home now. You lay there. I mean, that was Greer Hamilton. And uh, uh, Greer Hamilton is, is one of the first group I ever breathalyzed at the event. I breathalyzed a two-wheel drive class twice in 29 years. And that was in the second year in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. And Gary was just blitzed. And I went over and asked a deputy. I said, uh, you got your breathalyzer kit in your trunk? Yes, sir. And I told him that I had a competitor that I knew was drunk. And that I, to, rather than just walk over and say, you can't pull and have an argument, I would. A, I asked if he would have everybody everybody in the class blow in the tube. That way we weren't picking one out. Yeah. But I knew who I was gunning for. And, of course, he failed. And his buddy at the time that was his helper named Ed, I can't think of his last name, he drove and uh, uh, didn't do very well. But you know, Greer was so upset that he couldn't pull. He wasn't that guy down drunk, he said. I, yeah, I got it. <laughs> but, yeah. And then the second time I breathalyzed was in Pine Tops one time. And uh, the troopers, um, two of them breathalyzed them. And I had a quick meeting at the scale. And two of them failed. I was only gunning for one, but I didn't know the second one would fail. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, yeah, but yeah, it's it's it. Like I said, I should have written the book. You still can, Larry. You still can. So. Yeah. I mean, Alan, remember we were talking every every name has, or every rule has a name. Exactly right, Ryan. <laughs> exactly right. Now we'll we'll I'll have Larry tell the story because I've heard it and I've I've tried to tell it and I don't do it justice. Which one? Larry, Larry is, as he has made very clear tonight, he is not a drinker. However, Never. there was one pool that they threw him out of for being drunk, and he hadn't had anything to drink. You want to? Yeah, Sarah, look at I got him now. <laughs> Inwood, Ontario. Up there at, uh, uh, oh, I can't think of the guy's name. Anyway, we pulled down in a valley, and the hillside, natural hillside was the grandstand. And two-day show, and their beer garden had a snow fence around it at the top of the hill, so if they did get drunk and fall down, they wouldn't roll all the way down the hill onto the track. Um, but How they practical. Had they, yeah. they had what they called the zoo, and the zoo was a campgrounds in a wooded area at the back of the property. And make a long story short, everybody go back there, you know, and they had music, and they had, you know, drinking and everything, had fun, and Linda was with me, my wife, and a bunch of us, and we drove back there in somebody's Jeep, I don't know, and drove back to the zoo because Larry likes to have fun. Well, we're singing and dancing and doing whatever, you know, and acting up. And uh, uh, one of the guys, actually the people that were the security for the event was some Canadian biker gang. And uh, so anyway, they, they figured out that Linda was with me, and me and Tom Hartzell both were cutting up, announcer out of Michigan. We're cutting up and having fun, you know, and and uh, they come over to Linda and said, we need, to, is he driving? And she goes, yeah, he's driving the Jeep, you know, and they go, we need the keys. And he's drunk. And Linda looked at him and laughed and said, him, he's not drunk, you know, anyway. But I was acting up enough. They thought I was drunk. And long story short, uh, Linda told me and I said, oh, hell, let's go back up to the pit area. And, and the uh, uh, promoter was roasting corn and, and hog and stuff up there. So. 
anyway, I got the keys and got the keys and we got the Jeep and went up and you had to go down this big long lane, uh, I don't know, a quarter mile back to the track area. And you had to open a farm gate to get back into the area, uh, the pit area. And so we get to the get to the gate and uh, I stopped. I was driving and Linda says, I'll get the gate. And over my shoulder, didn't even know he was there on a four wheeler. One of these biker guys, I'll get the gate, sir. And OK. And so I went back and uh, told the promoter, I said, did you did you hear I got thrown out of the zoo for being drunk? He goes, yeah. He said, they don't know you very well, do they? I said, no, they don't. But <laughs> I was actually removed because I was drunk. Well, I was disorderly. Let's put it that way. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Just disorderly. We were just Mark having Ulmer. fun. They were just Mark Ulmer. Mark Ulmer says Warren Powers. Warren Powers, yes. Okay. Warren Powers, yeah. Inwood, Ontario. Yep. Good event. Yep. Yeah. Well, Alan, Larry, thank you. Alan, we kept John for an hour longer than I said we would, but I, I think you've enjoyed yourself. So. No, thank you, guys. Thank you. You've been very gracious, all of you, and uh, getting Larry in there to, to mix things up and remember some old times that he and I have had uh, over the course of the years, and uh, he's right. <laughs> you both had a good run with this. There's no question about that. But thank you, guys. You've all been very gracious to us. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. Hey, fellas. Thank hey, thank fellas. You. I know you've got one more story in you. Tell us a Bob Joe Stock story. Lisa put me up to this, so go ahead and throw him right under the bus. Lisa put you up to this? Oh my Lisa gosh. put me up to this. I can send you a screenshot, buddy. I don't care. Lisa, God love you. You don't need to know everything, honey. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's true. That's true. It, I it never had a Bob, but his crew, no matter who it was, liked to party between... Yep. Uh, like a Bowling Green, you know, each night or whatever, yep. they they enjoyed themselves. Uh, Bob always stayed back, him and his mom and a bunch of them. They behaved very well, still yep. do. But, uh, yeah, uh, his crew, <laughs> and I used to enjoy it, uh, oh, I'm saying 15 years ago when he had a couple of those crew were pretty strange looking and uh, looked like somebody would hang out with me. And uh, he would come to the track and, Alan can probably testify. I'd say, well, Joe stocks up and and I would sing into the microphone on the headset, you know, dun 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 Because it was like a circus. They'd be running around and throwing wrenches and and you know, clutch rods and oh my god, it was like wow. But and at that point, if if Butch Krieger was on the other end of a microphone. He would be flat on the floor because Larry had just taken him out. <laughs> I can <laughs> see that And he didn't happening. take much. But, and all it no. took was circus music. That's yeah. right. Bob and Lisa Joe Stock, uh, two of it's interesting to watch them. Uh, I always got a big kick out of Ma Joe Stock. Yeah, she was she was the one that said yes, we'll go now. And uh, all of a sudden, Lisa showed up and she says, Bob, now we'll go. Now, <laughs> now we'll go now. Yeah, well, right. real last quick story about Joe Stock's crew. We were in St. Hyacinth, in Quebec, and of course, Terry likes to frequent taverns that have music. Um, <laughs> taverns that have taverns, I think it was the Pink Flamingo, anyway. Terry would like to, does to, I'm sure, uh, frequent. 
taverns with music and kind of a pay-as-you-go music. Anyway, <laughs> um, in, in Canada, I call it. That's why I tell Tom LaRue it's Canada. You have toonies and loonies, you know, $1 coin, $2 coin. And so they had a kid that worked for them. Bob and, and Terry had this kid that was a crew member. And uh, they got him on the stage. This is what I heard. I didn't witness it. Swear to God, I didn't. Anyway. You were um, so full of lies. No, no. I, <laughs> I honestly did not witness this. Terry told me this, and I believed it. And I'll tell you why in a minute. <laughs> anyway, this they had this kid lay down on the stage on his back and put a toonie on his nose and lip. And he's laying there. And this young lady um, retrieves the coin. God, I'm having to work at this. Retrieve the coin without using her feet, fingers, toes, or anything else. She, she, Lisa, oh. Bob wasn't there. And, and uh, it was Terry. I don't know that Bob's ever gone to those places. If he had, nobody knows that I can't testify. Anyway, but Terry does. God, Terry does. Anyway, so she reached down, and I'm going to say this affectionately, snatched the coin <laughs> and Does anybody else get the feeling that he might have rehearsed this? No, uh, this, I is think, a, this is this is I not don't the need first rehearsal. time he's told this story. Anyway, anyway, he, he thought she had it. Well, she lost her grasp, and he's you know, and he's probably some young man, young man that never seen that part of a heifer. Anyway, uh, <laughs> she dropped the coin. <laughs> True story. You can ask Terry Jostock. And she and he swallowed it. <laughs> he swallowed the coin. So Terry's telling me this the next morning, and I see the kid walking around and I go, Hey, what are you doing? He goes, Oh man, I don't know, man. He says, he says, I, I followed a coin. I said, Yeah, I heard I heard about that. How would that go? Oh man, he's it was good and it was bad both. And I said, well, I said, what are you going to do when you spit it? And and Maud, she said, oh, you boys, you shouldn't have done that to him. He's going to get sick. Anyway, they went to a French-speaking drugstore in St. Hyacinth, Quebec, and bought a bunch of X-Lax. Oh, God. <laughs> Wearing a stack of Bibles with a gun to my head is the truth. <laughs> and he ate the whole box of X-Lac. And he's walking around the pit area all the next day. We're going to pull that night. And, of course, the X-Lac kicks in. And he's running back and forth to Portalette close to the holler. And and I seen it. And so later I said, did you get rid of the coin? He goes, well, I don't know. And he says, I'm not going to fish around in the Portalette and try to find it. I don't know if I'm sick or well, I don't know. But he said, now I can't go and quit going to the bathroom. So at come time, after we were done that night, Bob and Terry were driving back across the 401 to get back into Michigan because they had a pole that night somewhere. Emily said, you're somewhere. Long story short, too late. He's still going like a goose. It's time to leave. They swear to God, this is true. Bob, if you're listening, you can testify. But they put him in the trailer with a five-gallon bucket, no ventilation. <laughs> No air conditioning in a box trailer riding across the 401 at probably 80 or 100 mile an hour in the dark, no lights with a five gallon bucket. 
supposedly when they got back into the U.S., they opened the gate, they opened the door on the trailer, and there's this poor haggard-looking kid. I mean, he couldn't have been, I don't know, 18, 20 years old. And, and supposedly, according to Terry, he was covered in goose droppings, and so was the trailer. And and he goes, and I, all Maud said was, well, at least he didn't die. But yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me he held up the coin and said, hey, I found it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the way he was going to the portal, that it's somewhere in St. Hyas in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. It's, yeah. it's, back in, it's back in the local economy. <laughs> now, Lisa says she's heard the story from Bob, but not quite the way you told it. Probably not as graphic. Yeah, that's probably that's true. That's true. No. The best part. The best part of that story was watching Washburn's face because <laughs> he was trying to behave. <laughs> this is what happens I've on Beer Money after before. 11. You know, I've been around yes. Larry before. Again, guys, thank you. This has hey, been fun. Thank, thank, thank you very much. Thank you, Thank you very much, Alan. Thank you, Larry. Thank Larry, you. thank you for jumping in there and helping My out. My <laughs> Larry, you Larry, are you in Indiana right now? Are you going to come to ship? Come no, out? I won't be at ship. I'm not planning on it, no. I, yeah, well, I'm change I'm your, home right now. Change your plans. Huh? Change your plans. <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll probably be home. I, I probably won't come to ship this week, this next week, whenever it is. But uh, uh, I leave on the 18th going south and doing that Ocala event. Yep. And uh, may hang around and go harass uh, the guy that's a big deal on the 4th and 5th or whatever. I, I did so. Please do. Please do. Event, he came up and harassed me, so I may come over and harass him. I would like that. I'd be honored. I actually heard about his fair play. Down there for about six weeks, and and uh, uh, got a little gig might get to do, but I don't know. I uh, they talked to me about Louisville being the fuel cop again, and Marvin's got all that equipment now, and so I don't know. I probably will stay in Florida for the month of February, but. Uh, my my wife said, "What's the difference between being gone two or three months in the summertime or being gone a couple months in wintertime?" I said, "Weather." So <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Hate cold yeah. weather. Also hate to leave her here, uh, even though I have several people that help us when we need help. But uh, well, it's getting cooler down here now, Larry. Uh, it's now sixty three down here. That's rough duty. Cry <laughs> us a river. Uh, Larry Clint Tucker says you can come test fuel. He'll pay you. And <laughs> Woo! What? You, you just want me to get in trouble from all entities? <laughs> well, come on. Why not make it happen? No. Go, put your hat back on backwards again, Larry. We got you. We, we both made you bigger. There you go. There you go. So I'm going to grab a screenshot of that. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all for That'll it. That'll be our next t shirt. <laughs> there you go. There you I'm go. I'm all for it. Well, did you see my hat? What it said? I'm not politically correct at all. That's true. We know that. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, I've had a heck of a good time. There's the T-shirt that he made last time. Yep. Yeah. Larry well, says, "Funk machine." Rich Ryan, I spent like eight hundred to a thousand bucks on all those T-shirts. That's how much I love you, buddy. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but oh, I didn't get any free until I said, "Wow, that's an unauthorized photo," and then he gave me a bunch of them free. And a bunch <laughs> of the guys are watching. A bunch of the guys that are watching uh, have already texted me and said, "Well, I've seen your T-shirt come up on the screen." So. Yeah, we all have fans. Some of them, well, they're all important. Put it that way. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Got a got a text that somebody said we were talking about generations. We also have generations of officials too. 
that we've seen second and third generations coming up. So yeah, yep. yeah, it, it's it's a sport like no other, and I'm I'm proud to be associated with it. Me too, me too. What a perfect summation of it. Omer mm-hmm. just says, "I think I just saw half a dolly." <laughs> when, when <Rich> went- <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably I'm probably the left. Well one played, Mark. <laughs> Waka, waka, waka. Waka, waka, waka. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Dolly Parton. Oh, it's just two ball-headed men sitting very close together. (laughs) Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you later. Have a good night, Alan. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Alan. See you, guys. See you, Alan. All right, Rich Wine. It's time for you to do the pick-em contest for Ship Shalana. The what? You're going to do the pick-em contest. (laughs) I'm picking winners or what? Yeah. Just sit tight. Give me me a second. Thanks for jumping on tonight, Larry. That was... um, Alan yeah, is that was such, really cool. Alan is such a good dude, and to have you come on, I didn't realize the history of you two like that. That's neat. So yeah, if it hadn't been for my father passing, seriously, I'd have never met him. But I did walk around for at least two or three years before I met him, and and but he was always the voice. Uh, in fact, last year was the first time in like thirty years he didn't work the Indiana State Fair. It's all almost auto, all automated now. But he'd be the guy that say. Uh, uh, Led, Mr. Led, Ledbetter, uh, meet your family at the State Police Information Booth. I mean, but every day, every hour, he'd say, welcome to the Indiana State Fair. State Fair time, 11 o'clock. But he did that for like eight or nine hours a day. Well, what's your email, Larry? Do what? What's your email address? Uh, NTPAW at yahoo.com. What are you sending me? No, just this for uh, for your prizes. So. Can you see the screen, or do you want me to read them to you? Uh, honestly, I'm on my phone, and I can't see it very well, even with the glasses. I'm sorry. That's okay. You know much about the 1950 Econo mini rods at all, Larry? Uh, only time I see Econo mini rods are the ones that come to Brown County Fair in Georgetown, Ohio. Okay. Charles, which one should I pick for Larry, then? Uh, give him uh, Greg Vandervoort. Yeah, he's going to be the fan. Yeah, favorite. that's a good call. Okay. <laughs> 9,000 Pro Farm Tractors, Donnie Kurtzer, Mike Frazier, Paul Graff, Kyle Cook, Kent Deusterhouse, Connor Ruff, Ryan Litherland, Alan Graff, Charlie Henson, or Rick Burke? Boy, I don't know any of them well enough either. What was the second one, your second name? Here, I'll just do names. We got a Case 970, Hurricane Sandy, Leftovers, Never Satisfied, Voodoo Curse, Getting It Deer, John Deere 4010, Moose on the Loose, State line hooker or why not? Let's go with why not just because I like the name. Yeah, we're going to go. This will be fun this way. Okay. I'm not even going to classes anymore. I'm just going to read out the names. There we go. That works. <laughs> Addiction, Buck Robber, Dozing Through, Horseplay, Mayhem, Motorin, Red Power Reloaded, Showstopper, Blown Budget, Double Trouble, Harrison Hooker, IH 1466, Milk Money, Raging Red, Road Gear Deer, or the Teacher's Pet? Road Gear Deer or Teacher's Pet, either one, I'd say. Okay. Uh, next class, Budweiser King, Gypsy Road, IH-1066, Jenny's Worst Nightmare, John Deere 4440, Pops Binder, Sexy 66, Taking Chances, Constant Aggravation, Heart Therapy, Jenny's Nightmare, John Deere 4010, Patience, Ruthless, Shiny, or Whiskey Bent? Constant aggravation. Okay. Uh, I'll, you know, I, if they don't have a name, I'm not going to read them. Chop Top 40, 
Dad's Favorite, Mom's Nightmare, Green Extreme 2, Mongo, Old Smokey, Sexy 66, Called Remjet, Chop Top 40s on there twice. What the heck? Okay, Cost of Looking Cool, Frank, Never Enough, Red Donkey, or Wild Goose Chase? Never Enough. Billet Blue, Cadillac Red, Firestorm, Gold Rush, Homegrown, Just for Fun, Raging Red, Blue Reaper, Cruel Intentions, Floor Sweepings, Green Energy, No Expectations, Press On, or Thumpkin Pumpkin? Press On. And make he sure said, that you tell him, you make sure you tell him I said that because he's an honorary little shit. <laughs> <laughs> Eight second ride, good time binder, Johnny be good, perfect storm, riding dirty, shop dog, smoking red, the possum, the unknown, against the grain, fast forward, full throttle wide open, hellraiser two, mule train, old red. Red Rattler, Rocky Top Reloaded, Silent Partner Unknown, The High Price Hooker, The Replacement Deer 2, or Wife's Nightmare? Replacement Deer 2. Burden Cash, Code Red, Never Satisfied, Old Granddad, Running Late, State Line Hooker, Wheeling and Dealing 2, Cluckin' Broke, Getting It Deer, Obnoxious, Outlaw Binder, Spare Parts, War Machine, or Why Not? Why not? Ageless, bucking deer, daddy's money. What kind of deer? Bombers. Bucking deer? Yeah, bucking deer. Bucking, oh, deer. bucking with a B. Yeah. Uh, daddy's money, endless, who's your hooker, one bad buck, still endless. fueling around. Endless binder. Okay. That's Mr. Carrington. Yes, yep. sir. He's probably watching, and he owes me one for that vote. <laughs> Another bad habit, case of alcoholism, hard target, Johnny's Dear, Julie's Nightmare, Light Em Up, Old Rags, Semper Fi, Sharon's Nightmare, Warhorse, Z-Ride, Blue Power Express, Dirty Business, Kentucky Gambler, Shanita, Total Recall, and Wasting Bucks. Semper Holy fi. crap, I never realized how hard that one's going to be to call. Semper Fi. Okay. After Hour Binder, Black Tornado, Blue Unit, Canadian Mist, Defiant, International Ilps, or Pure Attitude, All Beef, Black and Blue, Bushwhacker, Cadillac Red, Demented, High Gear Harvester, Midnight Farmer, and Smoking Up a Storm. Was one of them the Tornado? Yes. Black Tornado, yeah. Okay. Eight Second Ride, Ageless, Double Trouble. Harrison Hooker, Hellraiser 2, Johnny Be Good, Mayhem, Ride and Dirty, Silent Partner Unknown, Teacher's Pet, The Possum, Wife's Nightmare, Against the Grain, Christine, Dozing Through, Good Time Binder, Hellraiser, High on Red, I'm Hooked, Legal Addiction, Mule Train, Road Gear Deer, Still Feeling Around, The High Price Hooker, and The Unknown. Teacher's Pet. <clears throat> All Beef. Burning Benjamins, Demonstrator, I Got This, More Milk Money, Playing With Fire, Smoking Hot Hooker, Toxic, White Lie, Black Stripe Addiction, Concrete Express, Fire in the Hole, Just One More, 
Pack and Heat, Raging Buck, The Holy Terror, and Undertaker. Concrete Express. American Ethanol, Chicken on a Chain, Constant Chaos, Ethanol Express. It's no joke. Just spooling around, playing for keeps, Super Beast, Thunderstruck 2.0, Chain Reaction, C and Red, E15, Go for Broke, Just for Fun, One More Bad Habit, Shuckin' Crazy, Thunderstruck, and Wired Hot. One More Bad Habit. Uh, Iron Patriot, Struck by Lightning, Not a Clue, or The Centerfold. I have no idea. We'll say not a clue because I don't have one. <laughs> About time. Fast forward. Hoss. Just getting started. One bad binder. Sneaky snake. The bandit. Busted budget. Farm all fever. Firestorm. Hostile environment. Red Avenger classic or the Steel City Smoker. Red Avenger classic. That's a tough flight to get through. Wow. Yeah. American Chaos, checking out. Fear the Deer, Green Energy, High check Maintenance. It, checking out. One of the few more tips. Don't even need to go any further. <laughs> yep. Bomb, Bomba Deer Reloaded, Digging Deer, Dr. Deer, Just Add Dirt, Limited Edition, Running Red Hot, Slow Ride, Thunder Clutch, Dark Horse, Dirt Digger, Faster Horses, Killing Time. Running in the red, rush hour, special edition, time for one more. Dirt digger. Backdraft, bleeding green, bow tie binder, dirty, sexy money, leaded, old yeller, slow burn relit, bandits, blue binder, dark side deer, freaky farm all, life changer, old sparky, or the M. Old Sparky's there? Is that the same yeah. old Sparky that I owned for three years? Uh, Jeffrey Nizel. Out of Alabama or Arkansas or whatever? It's a 6,000-pound classic modified. No, it's not the one. Okay. The Wumba. <laughs> I honestly don't know, guys. Okay, you're taking old Sparky then. <laughs> um, another bad habit. Cockshot 40, Dirty Business, Haywire. Johnny's Deer, Julie's Nightmare, Light Him Up. Mean Green, Oliver 1855, Total Recall, Z-Ride, Case of Alcoholism, Cockshot 570, Hard Target, Kentucky Gambler, Massey, Old Rags, Semper Fi, or The War Horse. The Cockshot like, 40 that's in there, that's Chicken Coop's uh, special rehatched. Yeah. Yep. Is Light Limited Super, is that what you're talking? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. The Cockshot 570, whatever it is. Chris? <laughs> Good call, buddy. Well, is that the Enderly winner? Is that the Enderly winner, Charles? No, the 40 was the Enderly winner. So which one do, what give Tim or give uh, Larry the Enderly winner, right? What? Sure. <laughs> well, it's his okay. pick. I mean, he can eat what he wants. <laughs> uh, Backwoods Evolution, Boosted, High on Diesel, Iron Maiden, Ram Tough, The Common Hooker, Big Red, Causing Trouble, Hill Brothers, Most Hated, Running Out of Room, or Under Pressure? Under Pressure. Okay. Blue Unit, Busted Budget. Farmall Fever, Hoss, Limited Edition, Pure Attitude, Sneaky Snake, Bushwhacker, Canadian Mist, Dirty Deeds, Fast Forward, Just Getting Started, Midnight Farmer, or the Sandhill Binder. Bushwhacker. About Time, Black Tornado, Defiant, 
hostile environment, one band binder, rush hour, special edition, after hour binder, black and blue, demented, high gear harvester, red Avenger classic, smoking up a storm, and the steel city smoker. Red Avenger classic again. If he if he don't blow it up, it's hard to beat. Barnyard Buick, spare parts, wild child, clucking broke, running late, wheeling and dealing. I don't know. What was the second one you read on that list? Uh, spare parts. Oh, let's let him have Larry's vote. Okay. Coming at you. Jumping Jack Flash. Relentless. Funkin' Groovin'. Past due or thicker than blood? Thicker than blood. Well, if we're going on ego, it'd be definitely Jumping Jack Flash, but we're not doing that. Um, oh, did I say that? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that was out loud, man. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's time to replace the filter. Yeah, Jumpin' Jack Flash, of course. <laughs> Just playing Wildcat or the Mule Deer? Mule Deer. Okay. And what will be the winning distance in the 6,000-pound light limited Superstock tractors on Saturday night? Track distance is roughly 310. 312 and 8. Larry Richwine, you have submitted your entries for a chance to win excellent passes to the Pullers Championship and free T-shirts. Congratulations. Wow. Do you carry T-shirts in a 3X? Oh, we do. We go up to 5X. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, really? Well, then I need a 4 so it don't shrink too much. Okay, fair enough. I'll make that happen. The only, way, you, the only way Jason's going to make it happen, though, is if you come to the Pullers Championship. May 19th and 20th. Shut up, Larry. Put it on hang out Johnny Christie. Come out, come out and hang with us. <laughs> we won't even we won't even make you test fuel. Yeah. Uh, I've tested enough fuel. I can about look at it and smell it and tell you whether it's legal or not. Let's put it this way. In my contract to be the tech consultant, one of the things I'm not allowed to do is become a crew chief for anybody. <laughs> understood but if i ever do come back as a competitor and i don't care for diesel fuel i never enjoyed it as a farmer spilling it on me when i ran the tank over and i never enjoyed messing with it but uh, you don't want me to mix your fuel because it'll pass it'll pass <laughs> <laughs> it'll pass the tests that are currently involved let's put it that way fair enough Without a mass spectrometer, you'll never find it. <laughs> so that's, that's the reason that's in his contract, guys. Uh, my contract actually says more of what I can't do than what I can. <laughs> that's because they know you, Larry. They know you. Oh, yeah. You yeah, apparently well, have hired a pretty good lawyer. Well, what it was, and uh, this is a great place to actually just explain, uh, everybody was surprised that Larry retired. Larry was, too. Um my contract was up September 30th, and Mr. Weissong said it's time for a change. And I said, uh, all right. I said, I'm not done. I'd like to be involved. And the new tech director, Marvin Epperson, I have no problem with. Marvin and I have worked together for many, many, many years in Ohio. He's a good guy, and he'll do a good job. Uh, he's got quite a job ahead of him because after doing it 29 years, I may not have always done it right, but I always did it consistent and stuck to my guns and you never had to wonder what i was thinking but that's just me but uh i'm still on i still get a paycheck 
for a little bit less than I was, and that's fine. And uh, I am a technical services consultant, which means if you call me, I have to tell you to call Marvin. And then Marvin will either answer your question or Marvin will call me. I'll answer the question. He'll call you back. Anyway, um, but no, um, I've had an excellent run, and I'm not by any means done with this sport. I'm going to announce a few, and I'll be working the shows here in Indiana, hauling the trailer and doing stuff. I'll be around. But uh, uh, with all the happenings in the world of truck and tractor pulling right now, I told my wife I may not really wanted to retire yet, but maybe a good thing I did. So, uh, but no, it's it's an adjustment. But I get to do all the ones in Florida, the Mid South and stuff, and like ones in South Carolina again. And um, I, seriously, I've been very blessed. To, would never have met any of you guys, let alone all the countless people, pullers, and everybody across the country. And I don't care where you are at a brush pull or whatever. Uh, you just say the word rich wine, and they either roll their eyes or say, "Oh Jesus," or or they they grin. And that that's my goal in life is to make everybody laugh a little bit and try to appreciate and understand a sport that I know and love better than anything. So I love it. That's kind of mm-hmm. why we we I we just made the invite. You don't have to actually do anything. Well, just come hang with us. You know, I really to have you. I don't make a I don't make a good spectator, and I tell you why. After running as many as I've run in my lifetime and been being all the places and and uh, it, it's hard for me to watch. I don't sit in the bleachers well at all. But even trackside, just hanging out on a golf cart, I don't watch well because I I think, wow, who the hung those black banners there? And that one's crooked. And oh my God, that guy needs to get out of the way. They're going to die. And if they have a fire, they don't even have an extinguisher down there. I mean, you know, too many things that we might think of, but the general public don't. And uh, I, I don't know. Let's put it this way. I, I observe better than I do a lot of things, but it, it's really honestly hard for me to watch. But I, I, if I'm not, I think I'm announcing a horse show for Linda that week. What is it? May what? 19th and 20th. 19th and 20th. All right. Well, if I'm available, uh, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, I'll try to attend. And Charles, uh, we could have him stand next to you for a little bit. You, yeah. you can come up. We'll bring yeah. you up in the booth and put you on and hand you a microphone. I think I'll bring you some crown. If you're that, he'll opposed- bring you some diet. If you're that opposed to like just stand there, we'll put you to work. I mean, if that's the problem, just stand there. We'll we'll make sure you got something to do. It also says like, it also says I'm not to work for any other tractor pulling sanctioning body or entity. We don't have to pay you. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> we're we're, we're unsanctioned. You're okay, here, buddy. Do what? This is I true. Said, you're we're unsanctioned. You're okay, He's, buddy. He said I, he it, it doesn't. Uh, he said he can't announce for somebody. But let's um well, let's start to no. let's start to wrap. Larry, you stick on with us, but let's start to wrap this up. Brent, give us a uh, overview on the Polar's Championship voting. How we're doing? Stuff yeah, like that. Um, <clears throat> we're just about past uh, last year's first round's vote totals already, um, and we still have another roughly six days to vote. So. Uh, keep so doing we've had that. more votes this year than we did last year for yeah. year two. <clears throat> so it's still out there. Just go to PolarsChampionship.com, uh, click on the fan vote tab. You can vote once a day. Um, it'll tell you how many vehicles you can vote for in each class. So just pay attention to each uh, each class that you're voting for. Um, and, yeah, <clears throat> voting will close this Sunday at 11.59 p.m. Central Time. Um, and then round two will start exactly a week 
from or two weeks from today. So um, on the 23rd of January, round two will open up with a top 20 uh, from round one. So, And this weekend, Brent's going to padlock his scissor lift and put a near plug. So don't try to ask him where you are in the voting. <laughs> I've been reading all the comments. Um, why don't you post the names? No, that's why we're doing it. So you, so we keep it as honest as we can. Yep. So, yeah. So we do. Hey, we don't Pop. know. Only Yarn knows. So yeah. Jason, um, Pop Adams comment. Uh, which one? Oh, can you operate a camera asking for a friend, Larry? <laughs> it would be in selfie mode all the time, Adam. <laughs> That's probably true. There's two answers. But God, the guy, if, he, if he started commentating, yeah, I was oh my God, that would make, that would be so perfect. That I'll, would be money. I'll set him up with a wireless mic. This would be great. That would be money. That Larry's YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, I do have a TikTok account, but anything I get on TikTok usually involves German Shepherds. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's the only thing the pandemic did was put another 30 <laughs> I needed it and get me addicted to TikTok. What's your TikTok, uh, Larry? Rich Wine 2257. Anyway. You have a Larry, new follow, in case we haven't said it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Larry, we appreciate it. Yep, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then the so the obviously the, the vote is up for the uh for the Midwest Winter Nationals, the fan pick'em contest. We put that out a couple hours ago. Thank you, Brent Yarn, for getting that up. And then Larry Richwine did his own. Um that was pretty fun as well. So has yeah, people started voting on that? Is, that does close at 11 a.m. on Thursday, which is also the same Eastern time, which is also the same start time of session number one for the Midwest Winter Nationals. So that was announced, I think it was this morning, that yep. all um, officially on their Facebook page that all sessions are starting an hour earlier than originally scheduled uh, due to the amount of entries. So Because yep. they are in a curfew. Are we getting some decent votes in for the pick'em contest? I know we put it up. How many entries? Have we have yeah, they're coming in. So normally um, we get around 400. Um, and we are at about 130 right now. So Okay, cool. We'll get there, hopefully. Yep. I was hoping to have it out last week, um, just with the whole fan voting stuff. Um, didn't get time to do it, and then I went ice fishing this weekend instead of doing anything else. So, yeah, I was gonna say, don't lie, you went ice fishing. Yep. Okay. Well, please head to Ship Shawana, Indiana, January 12th through the 14th for six sessions, three days of fantastic truck and tractor pulling action indoor in a controlled environment, and it's a lot of fun. You'll get to hear the great Charles on the mic with Carl Downs. Leroy's rolling in this weekend. And see the rest of our ugly asses. Maybe Richwine might even show up. So. On behalf of us, all of us here at Let's Grow Pulling, I'm going to hit the end broadcast button. You guys don't leave because I have something to say. So hang tight. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks. See you guys. See you guys.